Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Gekonia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. Good evening, citizens of Gectonia. Tonight, it is January 12th, 2014, and it's a different episode tonight, and we're going to be doing something that we don't normally do. Usually, I am the host of the show, and uh, we interview one of uh, our amazing guests, but tonight, we're switching the table, and I will be the guest. Um, This is your chance to call in, ask me questions, Uh, if you guys have anything that you know, you'd like to know about my projects or anything at all, you know, uh, feel free to call in in the second half of the show. Uh, The number to call in is 646-478-5331. Again, it's 646-478-5331. Oh, it's great to see all of you guys in the chat room. Uh, Let's see who's there. Angela, Brooke, Derek, Marsha, of course, John, Steve, Wendy, uh, a few other people that I don't know by your tag names, but uh, definitely look familiar. Thanks, everybody, for checking in tonight. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. First, right off the bat, I just seriously want to thank Steve for the amazing, amazing intro video that he made for this episode. Um, Steve does a terrific job on all the videos that he does for our guests. And, uh, you know, keep in mind, Steve spends a lot of his own time doing that. And, you know, we don't we don't really get paid for this. We get very little. There's a, there's very little money left over after everything that we put into it. So, you know, I I just want to seriously give Steve some recognition for all the work that he does for the audio and video work for the show. The the plugs, the uh, the sound bites, everything is done by Steve, and of course those videos. If you guys want to see the video that he made for me, uh, he does one every week for every guest. But this one was really good. Um, it's on the Gecko Nation Radio Facebook page right now. It's like the first or, I don't know, second post perhaps. So definitely check it out. Um, you know, I've been kind of nervous for the last three weeks. We planned this show about three weeks ago, and <clears throat> I've been kind of nervous about it, being on the other end of the microphone. Um, this feels weird, you know, like when, you, when you're the host of a show for I don't know how many months between the last show and this show. It's, uh, it's, uh, to, have, to have it flipped, it's, uh, it's definitely a little strange. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, usually about this point, I usually play the sponsor plugs. Um, but because we're doing a lot of things differently tonight, I want to, I want to do the sponsor plugs myself this tonight, because, uh, number one, uh, the sponsors that we have for this show are carefully chosen. And, uh, the plugs that I do for these sponsors are sincere plugs because, um, you know, I, I'm the type of person, I don't want to represent a business or have a business represent me that I don't fully stand behind or that they don't fully stand behind, you know? It, it's, it, it just works better. You know, you have a better feeling about it when it's done sincerely. So right off the bat, I want to thank Dale's Bearded Dragons. Uh, Dale'sBeardedDragons.com has been the very first sponsor back when I did the first radio show. In fact, uh, Mario and Dale believed in... Uh, my vision for the show, you know, before I even knew what I was doing with radio, and I still am far from a professional, but um, they be- 
believed in me from the beginning and have been sponsoring the show since day one, the very first sponsor. Dale's Bearded Dragons is the biggest reptile supply distributor at all of the Northeast Expos. Now, their business is at a stage now where they're growing so well that they're starting to expand into online sales. Um, their website is getting an overhaul soon, and, you know, like I said, they, they've done most of their business at the Expos, but now it's growing so well that they're taking it online. So you can expect the, their website to um, change and, you know, just be more suitable for online sales soon. But if you guys need any reptile supplies, uh, definitely take advantage because you're going to get them 20 to 50% off the pet store prices if you go through Dale's Breeder Dragon. Yeah, you'll pay a little bit for shipping, but at the end, it's still going to be cheaper. And uh, if, it's, if it's something that you need, you don't see it on their website, contact me, contact Mariel Delator on Facebook, and uh, I'll give you his phone number. And you can call him and you can have what you need shipped. Um, today, you know, it's all about saving money. If you can save money uh, somewhere, you know, let's do it. And uh, you'll also be su supporting a business that supports the show, which is awesome. Uh, second, AB Dragons. Reno from AB Dragons, um, I've gotten to know very well over the past year. Very nice guy. He, um, he's a FlexWatt heat tape distributor. He's in Ohio. Actually, I'm sorry, he's in Western PA. And uh, he also is one of the biggest Dubia Roach uh, suppliers in the country. And uh, just has amazing quality roaches for people that need roaches for their insect-eating reptiles. So definitely check out abdragons.com. Another person that's uh, always believed in the show. And uh, he's going to be a guest in the future. Well, we're going to talk. Actually, we're going to do a roundtable discussion with him and uh, Marcy from MS2. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, insect-eating reptiles, proper nutrition, how to take care of your roaches, and stuff like that. A lot of you guys are interested in making your own roach colonies today, this is, you know, that's going to be a good episode to help you, you know, answer some of your questions about how to do that. <clears throat> and which brings me to Marcy from MS2 Enterprises. Uh, Marcy has definitely made her mark on the community with an awesome product that she came up with herself, which is the MS2 Premium Chow. And she's also expanded into uh, worm bedding now too, which is great. I've tried both of the products. They're amazing. They really are as good as everybody says they are, which is, <laughs> you know, today it's like, you know, if you don't try it, you won't know if it's if it's true. But, you know, all the hype is real on this. It's not made up. This stuff really is, <laughs> they call it roach crack. It really is. It makes the roaches go crazy. And uh, she, she prides herself on having high-quality ingredients, no dog food or cat food in there. It's all, like, good stuff, some organic ingredients, um, you know, just really, it's got a nice, pleasant smell to it. And we asked her on her, uh, you can check out her her uh, episode, her interview back in the, it was one of the first shows we did. And, uh, and she even said that she wouldn't have been concerned if one of her kids ate it. Yeah, so that means that it's, there's nothing bad in it. So nothing weird anyway. So definitely check out that episode. It's a good one. Um, next, Gecko Boa Reptiles, John Scarborough. Excellent, top-notch breeder. Someone who knows what he's doing has an amazing collection, amazing ethics, which is very important today. Um, you, you know, there's a lot of pitfalls. You know, you don't know who the good breeders are, who the bad breeders are. You know, they, like anything else, you, you can get scammed in this, like you can get scammed buying a car. Um, I would never represent someone that isn't 
top quality or top notch. John Scarborough, Tickable Reptiles. You'll never have a problem with this breeder. Amazing geckos. I think he's prized himself now. I think he's collected all the uh, leopard gecko subspecies, which is awesome. So um, he's going to be coming on in the future, too, and we're going to talk about leopard gecko wild types. That's going to be coming up next month, I believe. Um, but I'll make an announcement, of course, and let you guys know. All right. Uh, next on the list, rainbow mealworms. Rainbow mealworms is the biggest worm farm in the world. They've been doing this for over 30 years now, I think, or, or more than that, 40 years, something like that. Yeah. Um, Jillian Spence from Rainbow is just an incredible, nice person to deal with. Just amazing. And so many of you in the group and a lot of the big breeders that are, you know, breeding 100-plus animals all use Rainbow. Um, they're the, that's, the breed, that's the worm farm they trust. And uh, Rainbow was recommended to me by Ron Tremper uh, over a year ago. When, once I got to the point where I needed to buy, like, you know, 10,000 worms at a time or 20,000 worms at a time, it, it became more of, a, more of a hassle to get my worms. And, uh, of course, when you're buying that many worms, it becomes a big factor. So you've got to find the, the, the most cost-effective ways, the best shipping uh, methods to get them to you. Rainbow does it the best. I've never been happier with another worm company, and uh, I'm just I'm honored and proud to have such an amazingly good business um, that supplies most of the you know the top breeders in the in the country to have them as a sponsor. So it's just a great honor, and uh, definitely check out RainbowMealworms.net. Now remember, there's no RainbowMealworms.com. It's uh, RainbowMealworms.net. And uh, they also have an alternate site, rainbowworms.com. But if you just remember rainbowmealworms.net, you'll get there. All right. Uh, next, our, our most recent sponsor, Ohio Gecko. Fat from Ohio Gecko is a great guy. He, uh, he's got amazing fat tails. He's pioneering the starburst morph right now, which is really incredible. Also, he's got these really nice reduced pattern uh, max nose, which are I don't know, just something different. We had that on recently. We talked about his projects. And, uh, you know, he's not, he doesn't have like a million different projects, but he has some really special, unique ones that you guys will really find interesting, I'm sure, if you don't know about them already. So definitely check out ohiogecko.com. And uh, another good thing about that is he is the current runner and owner of Gecko Forums. And Gecko Forums, is, this is a plug that I'm going to play because you guys got to hear this. Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. And yes, everybody, that's right. We have teamed up and we are definitely associates. And um, another associate that uh, Gecko Nation Radio has is Herpentine Radio. Herpentine Radio is a very diverse uh, reptile or herp-related radio show. Uh, Justin and JD have been doing this for over two years now, 
and were uh, my inspiration to start this show. Guys, check them out. They do a great job. Um, their show is on Wednesdays, uh, 6 Eastern, 5 uh, Central, I believe. Uh, it's always 6 o'clock my time, so I'm on the East Coast. And uh, they just have terrific guests, and it's a very laid-back show. Every interview is just filled with information. Uh, they cover topics from um, conservation, breeders, different uh, people in the community that are different, doing different things, reptile rescues, people that do... I think Brandon Fowler was on recently, did a great interview. He does a lot of uh, reptile re- uh, presentations, uh, just different broad-based topics. And uh, if you want to know who's who, go to that show too. You'll get a lot of great information about the movers and shakers in the in the whole gecko, or I mean in the whole reptile world. Um, all right, so I, I think I covered everything I wanted to about, uh, you know, the opening segment. I'm going to go ahead and bring on tonight's host. And remember, guys, I'm going to sit back and answer the questions. It's going to feel weird, but uh, we're going to see how it goes. The host tonight is Miss Marsha McGinnis of Golden Gate Geckos. Marsha, you're alive on Gecko Nation Radio. Well, I really liked <laughs> the intro, even though I should have been introing you, but I especially liked the part where you said Miss Marsha McGinnis. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. No, no, no. <laughs> Believe me, that's I oh. like that. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> Okay, well, then I got it right. I didn't even know it. There you go. Well, it's a pleasure being on uh, tonight. And so if you'll give David and I just a second, we're going to switch hats and we're going to switch chairs. And I'm going to try to be the host tonight and pick his brain. So I hope all of you who are listening in, looks great. The uh, chat room is filling up. That's great. Uh, so hopefully in the second half, you guys will be able to uh, formulate some questions if, if you don't already have some and call in. But I am leaving all the button pushing up to David tonight because yeah, that's right. I can't even figure out my smartphone. I'm so stupid. So <laughs> I'm letting him take care of that. So without further ado, let's switch places and okay. start somewhere. All right. I've got your hat. you got my hat. Yep. And here we go. Great. All right. Um, so um, I just have a real quick question. Uh, how did you and, and uh, Steve hook up uh, to get him, you know, because he just does some amazing um, vi- uh, video intros for, for this show. Oh, wow. That, that's a great question. And Steve and I uh, became friends through YouTube. And, and – uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about it with Jeremy on uh, Jeremy's show. YouTube has brought many of us together, and it, it's just it, that's been the thing that's brought a lot of uh, people in the community together, more than Facebook, more than, I guess, MySpace back in the day. But um, YouTube is the one where I think the, you know, the hardcore people really wanted to share their enthusiasm with others and, you know, we really put ourselves out there. Not, you know, none of us are professional, um, you know, movie makers by any means. But, you know, when you when you share your animals and you share your enthusiasm, you know, you're going to link up with like-minded people. And Steve and I did. I, I can't tell you exactly when we started, like, really corresponding. But I remember doing a shout-out for him or he did one for me. I don't even remember. We can We can ask him when he comes on during the news, too. 
But, yeah, that's pretty much where we met, Marcia, on YouTube. Well, um, I need to get on the ball and do some videos, but you've been very prolific uh, in putting information videos up on YouTube, and you've got quite a following. And I think that that's great. Uh, tell us how, how that makes you feel, or, or what about... What what about it that that really makes you enthusiastic enough to to video and put it up there for everybody? <laughs> I was I was scared when I first started doing it. Um, it was you know I I first got a uh, my first very first video everybody just so you know is a video of a lost uh, a Golden Gate gecko line, Las Vegas albino uh, jungle hatching out of an egg, and I just happened to, like, come down at the right time in the middle of the night, and I saw it hatching out, and sure enough, I had my I just got my iPhone, like, two days before, and uh, I videotaped it. And then I didn't know what I was going to do with the video, but my friend told me, my friend kind of pushed me to put it on YouTube. Well, dude, you got to go on YouTube. There's all kinds of reptile videos there. And I was like, really? Yeah. He's like, yeah, do it. And uh, I, it took me, like, a day or two to figure it out, but... <laughs> I got what my video figure, up figure it out. You mean how to get it up on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. I'm not or how to edit it? Or savvy. oh no, there's no <laughs> editing. I haven't. <laughs> none of my videos are edited. And I think, <laughs> I think if I did have editing, and me and Steve are talking about that, by the way. So my videos are definitely going to take go up to the next level in the next year. We're definitely got some awesome plans. But um, yeah, I need editing. But you know, even without <laughs> no, editing, no, 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 no. You don't. So what I was saying is, I, they're so they're so well done. I, I, <laughs> oh, well, it's just me. It's me showing geckos and talking about them. You know, what it is? you know, that's basically what it is. And you know, a lot of people have responded. There's a lot of people out there that just like to see what other people are doing. And you know, it's for me, it's a lot of fun. You know, it used to make me nervous. You know, it's, it's, you kind of get like a little stage fright, some of us. But once you do one or two or three videos, it it just becomes. So it just natural and we just if you if you guys out there are thinking about um starting a youtube channel i I definitely suggest you do it because number one it's a lot of fun and don't worry about your videos being all perfect at first just get them out there doesn't matter you know if you have one gecko or something or one little snake show it off and it, sure enough you're going to meet friends that way and when i was a kid we didn't have youtube so you know, I right. had to connect. I know we, we. I had to connect with other people at, uh, you know, like the 4-H reptile club we had in my area, and you know that was back when I'm 37 now. So that was back when you know we were still getting price lists in the mail. You know, we didn't. We couldn't go on website to, you know, see see what breeders had for sale. We had to write. We had to write them a letter, and you know we got on their mailing list for their price list. So. You know, yeah, Jay is saying I'm old. Yeah, I guess so, but I still look young, so that's that's good. I still feel young. <laughs> Dave, you're you're yeah. younger than my daughter. So really, yeah, really? yeah. So <laughs> if anybody wants to be old, it's me. So, but that's okay because <laughs> you know when I started, there was no internet, much less video. You know, people posting videos of themselves, and so I just think it's great that you do that. Can do you get a do you get a rundown or an idea on, you know, what the average uh, experience level is of people who um, who tune into your videos? Hmm. 
That's yeah, that's a good question, Marcia. Um I'm not sure. I get a lot of beginners and uh when I first when I first started and then don't I, I know Steve's online. I'm gonna answer this Steve and then we're gonna bring you. But when I first started I uh you know I was asking the questions, you know, I was I was still learning um about I'm still learning about reptiles and leopard geckos and everything and you know, I would ask a lot of questions and um, a lot of people started asking me for questions, and I kind of was the type of person at first where I no question went unanswered, and now it's just impossible. I, I can't even keep up with the questions. It's, if I did, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to care for my animals anymore, you know? Um, and, I, and I don't have, like, 100,000 subscribers. I have, I think, almost 7,000 or 6,000, but believe me, that's that's a lot of questions. I get at least, I don't know, 25 to 30 uh, a week these days, sometimes more, and uh, I do my best to get to all of them, but I just can't, Marcia. You know, I, I want to oh, help yeah. everybody, but I, I can't, and uh, I kind of feel bad when I can't. But so what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to start making videos that'll every time somebody will send me a particular question, I'm going to try to now make a very good video about it that'll be edited and you know, and with Steve's help, I think we can put together something really cool with a nice intro. Um, you know, and see where it takes us. So yeah, that's Ooh, that. That sounds that really exciting. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I go off on tangents. I don't know if I did. But, um, <laughs> no. I hope that you're, you're being question. you're being interviewed. This is your show. So okay. All right. Well, so let's, what, let's go ahead and bring on Steve, and then Steve. We'll, uh, we'll get back into it. And I got a new news intro. Check this out. Okay. Our news. Good evening, Gekonians. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, Steve. How you guys doing? We're doing great. I'm nervous. Just great. You're nervous. Yeah, it's your, I'm nervous. It's your show. <laughs> I know. It's our show. I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm. It feels weird. <laughs> Well, uh, it, you're, yeah, but you're no stranger to the show. You're always you're always on it. I'm, you know, poor me. You know me. I'm so shy and demure and reserved that uh, you know this has just really got me so intimidated. I can't hardly see straight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing great, Marcia. Hey, Steve. Uh, we were talking a minute ago. Do you do you remember how we uh, how we linked up on YouTube? I remember looking at a snow Las Vegas patternless male. And I, I kept watching it, and I left mess, uh, just comments on how much I liked it. And I'm not sure if that's how we met, but I know you responded back, and eventually I got that mail from you. So I don't yep. know if that was when we, how we actually met. I think we were already and friends before that. We, we might have been. We yeah. might have been. And that, well, that mail is just amazing. I love that gecko. <laughs> Aren't they and, cool? Oh, yeah. So, so what have you got for us tonight, Steve? All right. Keeping with our invasive species in Florida theme, since it seems like we always start out with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. The title to this article is, Which Exotic Species Are Really Scary? So I'm just going to read two quotes out of the article just to sum it up. The first one is, 
Some of the world's biggest and deadliest reptiles have been found in the United States where they don't belong. Then our next quote, the Burmese Burmese python is a clear-cut case of an invasive species, but what about all the other uh, reptilian giants that have been seen in South Florida? So, and it goes on and explains that between 2000 and 2004, more than 4 million individual live animals were imported each week into Florida. 4 million each week? Each week. Estimated 4 million. And then that doesn't count an additional 21 tons of animals. Uh, on top wow. of that. And these that, are these that, are ones that are legally brought in? The ones uh, that obviously have uh, a, a paper trail on them that they can uh, trace? It's a little bit of everything. Legally, illegally, smuggled, it's a little bit of everything. But, yeah, that's a lot of animals. If it's I, true. It may, be, it may be grossly exaggerated, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. So, that's going to lead us into our uh, next story, which is uh, not going to be too happy for some people. The North Myrtle Beach City Council in South Carolina passed two reptile-related ordinances. One, prohibiting the sale, possession, and display of certain types of reptiles, such as, but not limited to, water monitors, and crocodile monitors, boa constrictors, pythons, and other reptiles. Now, the way I understand that is all reptiles, if they're listing and other reptiles. Yeah, that just leaves it up to their discretion to, to, to interject that it's on the, yeah, that counts, or it doesn't count, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and number, the second ordinance Keeping of certain animals prohibited, it shall be unlawful for any person to keep any wild animal, vicious animals, reptiles, livestock, or poultry, except at carnivals and circuses authorized by special permit zoos as educational and research facilities, but are not sold, bartered, given, or traded to the public. So you cannot even sell well, that says you can't have them or sell reptiles. Wow. Yeah. Oh they tried to do that. They tried to do that in California, too, and fortunately that, it just kept getting postponed and postponed. But still. This, this passed. Wow. This, in North Myrtle Beach, um, South Carolina, it passed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Man. Well, it's only the beginning, I think. We really got to we got to so fight too. harder. We got to fight harder. We really do. We really got to, you know, don't just sit and talk about it. We really got to get off our butts and, you know, uh start writing uh letters to, you know, our congress people and our representatives and supporting our our um you know, Washington lobbyists and uh, you know, we can't just sit and, and expect other people to make it happen. We, it's going to be a constant battle, and it's going to take every single one of us. 
really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, that leads us to our next story in New York, where a year, approximately a year and a half ago, a proposed bill that prohibits the ownership, possession, or harboring of wild animal or reptiles makes violation a Class E felony. Now, they have it, this is for New York now. They have it listed as just reptiles. Now, when they leave it like that, they can pretty much, you know, depending on the judge, will look at it how he reads it. Is the way it's, you know, it's, it's, and this is for New York. This is back up to be to be voted on again. Oh my God! It was it, it was referred to the Department of Agriculture on the eighth, January eighth, to be voted upon again. So but is this the state or New York City? New York State. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. Yep. yep. Now it does go on to say that. There's a list of reptiles, but when you look at that first sentence, it just says reptiles in general. Wow. I mean, you can kind of take the wording any way you want. That's why I say when it gets before a judge, if for whatever reason, they could, the judge could rule against you, even if you have a gecko. If for what you know, I doubt it, but the way it reads. It's all reptiles. So uh, uh, a young, a young, young children uh, playing in a field someplace that uh, pick up a uh, either a little little tree frog or a little gardener snake or something like that are uh, going to get handcuffed and dragged to uh, jail as uh, prospective felons. Um, actually, that, that <laughs> or their parents <laughs> will. <laughs> It's illegal to possess any native species except for certain certain frogs and turtles in New York State, and there's a season. Hmm. So you, you can't even, cause, and I did it when I was a kid, but I'm not sure if there was a law. You can't even keep a native, native species as a pet here in New York, hmm. Hmm. unfortunately. I'm speechless. I'm speechless, Steve, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I don't even know what to say, man. And I, last, it, like I said, it was about a year and a half ago. I was aware of it then, and I've I've been keeping track of it. And I thought it was over with, actually. And then I came across it again um, this week, and I, I couldn't believe it because I mailed personally. I think there's probably 20 people on on the committee, and I probably mailed 10 letters to each of them, four different people. Myself, last you know, a year and a half ago. So I'm going to be doing that again, and trying to get more people to, you know, act on it and oppose oppose the the bill. But. You know, it, it's it's it it just you know California is a pretty strange place to be when it comes to you know animals. Actually, the city of San Francisco tried to ban any pet. Period. If it was a cat, if it was a hamster, if it was, you know, a little chihuahua, they, a bird, they they tried to knock knock that down to, of the owning of any, the keeping of any animal. And of course, that that did get voted down. But it's just scary when stuff like that comes up, because um, it's. I mean, it's it's what I mean. What 
what would compel them to you know to try to put something like that on, out there you know to vote on what do you think what yeah. what do you think dave what do you think their uh, motives are well uh, i unfortunately i think i just see the the taking of all our rights and this is just one more nail in the coffin of everything um you know there we're we're have, everything is under attack right now every all our privacies our freedoms our liberties um, we live in an entire surveillance state as it is. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see the future is, I don't know, it's definitely not going to be what we think it's, you know, it's definitely not going to be the way it is now, and today is going to be the, you know, tomorrow will not be as good as it is today. And and unless what? Unless we, I mean, do you see a, unless a we, solution? Unless we, unless, well, I'm not going to call for that because, you know, I don't want the NSA after me, but... <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, something's got to give. So, sooner or later, people got to wake up and say, "All right, enough is enough." I mean, how much are we? How much of this are we going to take? And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of us are afraid to be that spokesperson. I, I've never been, you know, afraid to really, you know, stand up for issues that are uh, unpopular or, or controversial. I'm not afraid to, you know, to be the to, to be the odd man out, so to speak, and. You know, take some heat for that. That's not not an issue I've ever had, but it's uh it's going to take more people with that mentality who are don't have the herd mentality. You know, to to really say, wake up, everyone, look at the big picture. You know, this isn't as it seems. There's more going on here, and you know, it's I don't know. I I, I don't have a solution, Marsha. Yeah, I, I, and I don't even think USR can. I don't think it has the resources to cover uh, every state, every municipality, every little town. You know, I, that takes us. And, you know, I know yeah. on the Herp, Alliance, the Herp Alliance website, you know, and Andrew Wyatt's blog, you guys can learn about advocacy and how to, you know, take the reins yourself and, and learn about it. In fact, I'm going to be studying it, too. I've been looking, looking things over um, because, you know, if it's happening – where in Myrtle Beach, it's going to happen in your town too. It's only a matter of time. No one is immune from this. This is going to spread like a like a disease. And geez, I can't imagine. Imagine if they take to even even simple leopard geckos. And I know the big snake guys. I know their their stance on things. And it's like you know, if we give up the big snakes, that's right. They're going to come for the small snakes next. And they, and they are absolutely right. Um, and if they come for the small snakes, then they're going to come for the big lizards. And then. After the big lizards, they're going to go after the little lizards. And, you know, it's, right, we're going to lose it eventually. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if we so don't you're, fight. So you're in New York, uh, Steve? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure where, where you were. Okay, so you, you've got firsthand, you know, information on all this kind of stuff, too, and it really affects you then. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, can we, do, just, do you have any... Hold on, Marshall. Let me just add one thing. Everybody that's listening to my voice right now, if you guys want to make a difference, the uh, the only way that we're going to win any of this or fight any of this is with money. Okay, that's the only language that these people understand, and we need to send the money in the right direction. And the only place that we have to send it right now is USARC, and USARC has filed a lawsuit against the uh, United States Fish and Game um, to. to to uh, combat what they're trying to do. So please go to the USARC.org. It's www.USARC, 
org website and donate to the Legal Defense Fund. All right? Please, everyone. Even if it's 5 or $10, it'll make a difference. They it it helps. Right. But we're going to keep needing money. It's going to be, like Marcia said, it's going to be an ongoing battle. And if you love this, if you love your animals, believe me, they're, on, they're, they're, they're being threatened. You may not think so. You may think they're just worrying about the big snakes right now. But your, your little leopard gecko could be on the chopping block next. So, I wonder, uh, do they, would, would they have grandfather, uh, people grandfathered in with, who already have existing animals, Steve, or, are they, or, or have you even gotten that far yet as far as, you know, what do, we, you know, what do, what do people got to do, go down and turn in their, you know, their yeah, course the, name? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they, oh my haven't God. Got, they haven't gotten that far, but um, they did ban all large constrictor snakes. Anything bigger than like a boa constrictor in 2005, I believe it was. Yeah, I remember that. And, and then there was a grandfather clause, but I don't know if it doesn't say anything about it now. Hmm. Okay, uh, well, yeah. do you have any good news? Yeah, please. Uh, you're, you're making me depressed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but not yet. Oh. <laughs> Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, huh? Yeah, um, the Tennessee Department of Health and the Center for Disease Control have teamed up to investigate a multi-state outbreak of salmonella linked to turtle exposure. Uh, They'd say more than 160 cases of infection linked to small turtles have been reported across 30 states. And it doesn't say what time period in the article, you know, how long of a time period that 160 cases came up. But um, I went on the CDC website, and they this is their suggestions to avoid salmonella poisoning. <laughs> Don't buy small turtles. <laughs> you know? yeah, actually, this is what it says, but, you know, that's my version of it. <laughs> don't buy small turtles. But this is what it says. Don't buy small turtles from street vendors, websites, pet stores, or other sources. So to shorten it down, don't buy small turtles. <laughs> <laughs> don't put turtles in your mouth. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just saw on chat, somebody says, and don't put small turtles in your mouth. <laughs> Well, I mean, that could be easily remedied if people would just practice, you know, uh, washing their hands a little and, more often and, and, you know, being a little more fastidious about how they handle things and, you know, I don't know. That's that's what I had on the bottom of my notes. It says common sense. Wash yeah. your hands. <laughs> so, no kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I grew up in the 50s and, and early 60s and stuff. We, we came home with every possible creepy, climby, you know, fuzzy, sl- slimy, uh, cold-blooded, warm-blooded, you know, whatever. And, you know, none of us ever wound up with any, any, any diseases. I don't even remember being told I had pinworms or anything like that from eating mud, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I was the same way. I always went out and caught every little creature out there and never had an issue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, and then, 
we're going to head into our next story, which I love the title, Cinderella Stole My Snakes. <laughs> so, <laughs> in San Antonio, Texas man was arrested after he stole several ball pythons from a private collector. A shoe left behind by the thief <laughs> led the to an arrest, and all the snakes were recovered. So, Jeez. so he, he, was, he was running for it so much, he, he left his glass slipper. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where did this go down? San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Hmm. Texas is a good, a good another uh, hot spot for reptile news. <laughs> it Texas seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Texas and Florida. They even have uh, gators in, uh, what was it, the Rio Grande? <laughs> the right. Rio Grande right. River? They, they released yeah. authorities. What did they do, they do that for, immigration control or what? <laughs> authorities released the gator. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh. So, ending to our next story. <laughs> Jeremy Stone of Jeremy Stone Reptiles and his sister oh, yeah. Yeah, are being charged with conspiracy to unlawfully import a snake into the United States, unlawfully importing the snake into the country, transporting the snake into the country, transporting the snake knowing knowing it was imported contrary to law, and making and submitting false records for wildlife imported into the United States. And this is for the, their uh, white boa constrictor. Mm-hmm. And they are facing up to 30 years in prison. Oh, my God. Yeah. Altogether, that's, that's terrible. They're facing up to 30 years in prison. Jeez. That, that, is, that, that is horrible. We should we should rally behind uh, them. The whole community, the whole industry and community, should rally behind them and and do whatever we can to help help them. I, I'm not yeah, saying I, what they did. I'm not saying what they did was right, but I mean, come on. That's yeah. I, I agree with you, Loki. That's insane. And she's yeah, saying that's... even rapists don't get 30 years. You know, that's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Some murderers don't get 30 years either. No. No. That's crazy. Yeah, wow, the, uh, that, but but see, this is, um, and I'm 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 being the I'm being the neutral person here. I'm trying to, but lately I've been kind of failing at that. But you know, we're we're innocent until proven guilty. It sounds to me like they have pr- enough evidence to convince a grand jury, but um, it's still not a decided case yet. Right. Um, either way, either way, this kind of public press. Um, bad is really bad, bad timing. It's just not uh, a good thing for the her, her you know, the herpetological uh, community, you know, to have this kind of stuff happen. Personally, I think that smugglers should be in trouble for what they do. But on the other hand, some of us work with species of geckos. I know uh, David, you know, and uh, I work with Aussie um, species that are not, you know, they're not allowed out of uh, of the you know the country in Australia. 
But we don't um, have anything illegal. Is what, but make sure you're clear about that, Marsha. We don't have any well, animals. Well, that's where I was going with that. Any, is is I don't that have any Australians what? Here. No. Oh, 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 that's right. You don't anymore. But but no. What we have here in the states is is the stuff that we you know we got in before all of this. And I mean, when all this kind of you know. Um, when all this, you know, crime stuff starts happening, it, it makes me wonder, I mean, what happens if they bust down my front door and want to know, you know, where I got my Aussie geckos? Well, you've had them for, what, a decade or more now? Well, yeah, well, not qu- almost a decade, yeah. <laughs> but how might, you know, how can I prove that? Just go back and show them all my old pictures, I suppose, you know, and say, well, here's an Australian gecko, and that was taken in 03 or, you know, that kind of thing. Well. I like working with leopard geckos because, you know, they're safe, they're not mm-hmm. legal, they're, you know. Um, yep. I don't know. Not um, yet. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. this is not good. So is, you've got, you got no. anything else for us, Steve? Our last story, now this is our good story. In Austin, mm-hmm. the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department say pumping fumes to force out rattlesnakes also threatens 20 species of endangered animals. Hearings will be held to propose a ban on using gasoline fuels to force rattlesnakes from their dens. This is awesome, I think. Mm. Sweetwater roundups may be threatened by this ban because 80% of the snakes at the roundups are caught by gassing them. Mm. Oh, no, fair. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. So that's awesome. That's like throwing uh, a stick of dynamite in the lake and, you know, calling it fishing. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Ray Austin is going to be on the show um, in in March, and we're going to talk about Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. And if you guys want to hear about him, uh, he's been on Herpentine a few times, so check him out. But, yeah, that's a topic that doesn't – that's very grossly uh, just – unappreciated or I guess it's not covered as much as it should because they're reptiles. You know, whenever you hear if it were, you know, dogs being gassed and or something, you, it would be all over the news, but because they're snakes, you know, it, this has gone on. This this unevolved behavior has been going on for years with these rattlesnake festivals. And if you guys want to see some real disturbing stuff that people do to rattlesnakes at these festivals, go oh. on YouTube and, and and then watch some of the videos. It's it's terrible, but um, we're we're putting an end to that. They're they're fighting these roundups and trying to turn them into educational events instead of slaughter events. And uh, this is good. This is another way to get at them. So I, I like to hear that. Yeah, me too. Mm. So okay. So can so you uh, can you recap for us, Steve? Yep. The recap is which exotic reptiles or excuse me, which exotic species are really scary, North Myrtle Beach passes reptile ordinance, small turtles cause multi-state salmonella outbreak, Cinderella stole my snake, Jeremy Stone smuggled rare boa, gassing rattlesnakes to be banned. That's our our recap. Hmm. So one of these is not accurate is that correct yes yep and Eric, one of these stories yep. hmm. oh i think you should go first dave you are the guest <laughs> oh that's right 
I thought I could get away with that. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I'm go- I got to, you know, Steve is tricky, though. I want to go with the Cinderella shoe story, yes. But, you know, he's been known to trick us before like that. That could be a, a lost leader, so to speak. So, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say the Cinderella shoe story only because I want that one. Or, well, I want a lot of those stories to be false. I wish one of those other ones was false, actually. Um, All right, I'm looking at chat here, and it looks like we've got, uh, okay, some, Brooke thinks the turtle story, the Cinder, uh, and John says that uh, uh, Cinderella story. story. Uh, let's says see. Guessing. Yeah, Wendy said, hmm. It's kind of across I'm gonna the go, board. I'm gonna Chad go said with the, the first story is wrong. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going with the Cinderella story. What about you, Marsha? Uh, yeah, I was going to do the Cinderella story, or, or I was kind of leaning between that and the turtle story, but I'm always wrong on this, always. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, the majority of people here and say the Cinderella story. The Cinderella sto- story is the false story. Yay! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it wasn't, but yeah, I wish some of those other uh, I know. stories were false. Where do you find right. this stuff? <laughs> you just, your your, uh, your yeah, brain I, just does that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I a lot of times I'll, I'll have another story in my head and just, you know, and it'll, it'll, you know, I'll just come up with it. Sometimes, sometimes I ask my kids to help me out, but perfect. But uh, yeah, perfect. Hey, you, you, do you guys hear that? Do you hear that noise, or Marsha? Do you hear, hear that noise on the line? What yeah, is it yeah. Like? Wait, wait, I'm here. Wait, here it. it is. You hear it? Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> On May 21st, 1950, a 10-foot boa constrictor was captured in Arlington, Florida. It is believed to be the first boa constrictor found in the wild in Florida. And in the article it said, Some believe the captured snake may be the, the descendant of a boa constrictor which escaped from a circus train 20 years ago. That was May twenty first, wow. yeah, May twenty first, nineteen fifty. What's believed to be the first boa constrictor caught in the in Florida in the wild. Whoa, that was only four years before I was born. <laughs> wow. So huh. what, okay, so what happened to it? Is that the only? It was. Is it just a headline? Um. Well, that was just the sum up of the whole story. But it it was it was the first one caught in Florida. Wow, very cool. Yeah. Doesn't mean they weren't there longer. Obviously, if it escaped, huh? Right. Wow, that's very interesting. So I guess does this wrap it up then for the news tonight? Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you so much. We are completely enlightened. And I don't know about anybody else, but I also am, am a little bit, you know, aggravated but uh, over some of this stuff. How about you, Dave? 
I'm depressed. I think I'm going to jump off the roof after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm upset, though. I yeah. really want to see yeah. some good news in the future. We got, we, you know what? The good news, we got to make it happen. Or it's not going to happen on its own. we got to make the good news happen, everyone. So, you know. Yeah. But, well, but and you've is. talked about what you feel is, you know, um, you know what we need to what we actually need to do uh we have to be activists uh we have to be uh uh we have to be our own uh you know um our own lobbyists and it starts yep. you know it starts on in our hometown basically it it uh and education um gets rid of ignorance and i think a lot of this is ignorance that's you know going on out there so Ignorance there are, fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve, I like the Cinderella story myself. Yeah. I, I, I kind of thought you might have, you know, given it away if you said something was going to turn into a pumpkin, though, or whatever. If it wasn't back yeah. by midnight. <laughs> hey, Steve, that thank you great. so much. Thank you so much for that awesome yeah. video. Seriously, man, that was so cool. I love you know that, that is really oh, really well. cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so. <laughs> any, any I think we'll play I, the uh, uh, we'll play the Star Wars techno song at the end of the show for you guys if you guys want to hear it. No, but, that would uh, be great. The techno version, uh, yes. And thanks, <laughs> thank the kids too for their involvement in the video. They did a great great acting job, especially mm-hmm. oh, yeah. really did great. Oh yeah, and and did you uh, all the background? was layers and layers on top of of my kids Mm -hmm. to make a crowd. And they had all different Star Wars (laughs) costumes on. That was so cool. Walked by a Boba Fett. Because I'm telling you, I have have so many costumes here. And I I was just like, all right, go change again. So the kids go get dressed up in another costume, come back out, do another walk by or stand. or (laughs) Just so it kind of... Give it the the Star Wars feel, a galactic. Uh, no, I was so, I was so impressed. I almost like I was so happy. Like it got me that feeling. Like I almost wanted to, you know, I don't know, almost cry. But it was so it was so cool, man. It's just an awesome video. I you know you and the, the all the vi- the videos you do are great. The one you did mm-hmm. for Marsha was terrific. I, I love the one. Yeah. Oh, with the gecko escaping and and Godzilla in <laughs> San Francisco. I mean, oh my God. That's that's still my favorite. Yeah, it's, well, it's my favorite too, but but for 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 two reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that darn well, gecko lady had to let that giant gecko out. Oh, I, she just yeah. she just needs to go away. <laughs> she needs to retire. Yeah. Yeah, All right, Steve. Well, thanks so much. And are you going to be able to stay on uh, and listen to the rest of the show tonight with us? Um, no, actually, I've got I've got work early in the morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's bedtime back there for some people, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again, Steve, and we'll look forward to seeing what you come up with um, for the next uh, for the next program. That's uh, it's always something that's uh, new and exciting. So yeah, it, I I live for it. <laughs> oh, thank Me you. Me too, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. See you next week. All right. Wow. 
Well, well that's interesting. I'll play you the sponsor plug, and then we'll get into our interview. Sure. That sounds good. All right, cool. Hang tight, everybody. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by abdragons.com. is your source for the highest quality doobie roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt Reptile Heat Tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www. Dot rainbowmealworms.net Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more and all at 20-50% to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or Message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. Okay, everybody, we are back and actually... Marsha's in charge tonight, so go ahead, Marsha. I know. Old habits die hard, don't they? <laughs> they do, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, um, this is a show about you and David's, uh, David's Fine Reptiles. and David's Fine Geckos. I'm sorry. I, to- I told you I was nervous. <laughs> you know, I call everything a gecko. I even call my kids a ge- my grandkids a gecko. <laughs> <laughs> my grand gecko is my kid. Anyway, sorry about that. So okay. you you've um you've got um quite a collection going there. Uh, I love the I love what you're doing with them. Uh how, about how many do you think you work with that you have in there that are, you know, I I'm not counting the ones for sale. Just I mean the ones that you're actually working projects with. Um I I guess you know, I have a lot of babies or young young uh juveniles that I haven't decided whether I want to part with or not. They're probably, you know, there's probably well over 100 or so of those. But um, my actual breeders, I, I do have quite a bit. And I never actually did a full tally, but I'm going to guess that um, I'm going to at least two to 300 geckos, Marcia. 
Nice. That's about what I used to work with too. That's a full time job. How much uh, How much time do you spend uh, working with them? Well, the average day usually I put in six to eight hours just with the geckos, whether it's feeding, watering, cleaning. Um, I'm kind of uh, meticulous about how I do things, and um, I I don't know if it's OCD or not, but like I I have my own system, and um, it's like I'm really just huge on like cleanliness, and I, I believe that these geckos just they they kind of like they're kind of neat freaks too in a way, and you know they 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 just do better if their their tubs are organized, and I think they feel happier. They I, I could just mm-hmm. I get a good feeling, you know what I mean. So I'm always checking on them and you know making sure they're okay, feeding, cleaning, and it's 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 a rotating thing. Like because I have so many, I have to go through and do one section each day. And, you know, sometimes right. I, I get to do more than others. I mean, you know, this is still just one aspect of my life. And, you know, like everybody else, I have the same struggles and things that I have to do just to get by. And, you know, this, and, you know I decided to get this onto it <laughs> and make my life more difficult. But, you know, I, I love it. But, yeah, I do have quite a bit of geckos. Maybe I, I should really do a tally and add them up. But yeah, I have quite a bit of babies too right now. I just don't. Do you? Have, I don't know if yeah. I want to sell them or. Yeah, I haven't done the. Um, I haven't really gone through them and decided which ones to keep and which ones to let go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, how do you? What kind of? Wh- how do you determine uh, which geckos you want to breed, and uh, what results? You know, like when you're looking for a certain result, and you see what you have. Um, how, how do you put your pairing? How do you come up with your pairings? And 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 uh, and, and any? Uh, do you put the male in with the female? Do you put the ma- female in with the male? How do you determine who goes with who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I do it either way. Uh, I know some people don't always uh, like that, but sometimes I'll introduce the female to the male's tub, and it's usually uh, I usually do all my pairings where I introduce the male to the females, and uh, I do have a lot of groups where females are uh, living together where there's two to three females. I don't uh, have any groups anymore that have uh, four females because it just never works out. You know, so if three is like the max, I would recommend anyone uh, to have females in a group with. But, um, you know, Why usually when I, when I, well, I always find that three of the females will, you know, be more dominant than one of them. And one of them always, you know, looks like it doesn't get enough food as the other ones, you know, and I always wind mm-hmm. up having a, separate that one gecko out anyway. So it's like, why even why even take a chance? And so I just keep it minimalistic now where there's two geckos, two females, two to three females to a 28-quart tub and mm-hmm. uh, for my breeders. But I do have a lot of females that live by themselves too. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I like the fact that they can live by themselves. And in those cases, you know, I do introduce the males, <clears throat> excuse me, males to the females tubs for breeding but um, this is where, like, I'll notice if one female in a group is ovulating and the others haven't ovulated yet, uh, you know, and I, and I definitely don't want to miss the pairing, I will just uh, put her in the male's tub, and I'll just stand there, and usually they go at it right away, and it's over in, like, five minutes, and then I'll just, you know, return her back to uh, the group of females. I'll mark the tub, make sure I know um, who she was paired with, and I make a note of it. Um, and then, the, you know, the rest is history. Usually they start laying eggs within a couple of weeks. But, mm-hmm. um, do I you rebreed? To, do you rebreed at any t- a particular point in the, in the breeding season? 
I don't like to, but if if I feel like if it's a really really important project, and if I have any doubts that you know that the egg production isn't going to go you know through the whole season, I'll definitely reintroduce the male to the females mm-hmm. uh, to the females. But I generally usually don't have to only because another reason why I don't always do that is because um, I kind of want to limit the production because yeah. These things are prolific, <laughs> you know. Um, About how many how many clutches do you think that you get on average? And, and of course, it's going to depend on the the female's uh, age too. I think. But um, mm-hmm. what what's the most amount of uh, the most the largest amount uh, largest amount of clutches that have you you know seen that your uh, any particular female has put out in one season? Okay, yeah. Well, oddly enough, the, one of the most productive groups of geckos uh, came from you, and those are those oh my. <laughs> Max Snow E-Fascios. And mm-hmm. um, I, from one, one female in one of the groups, I, I believe it was either 14 or 16 eggs uh, last season from one female. Okay, so that's, um, that's seven or eight clutches. That's... That's pr- pretty good. And she was what, maybe two or three, or two years yeah, old. Yeah, two years, two years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I and think they're in their prime. About two to two to four years old is when you're going to see, you know, the best egg production. But all those girls, Marsha, lay up to ten eggs. I mean, last season I had I had so many snows. I don't know how many people out there have snows from my projects, but a lot of them <laughs> do <laughs> because I just had so many, and I still was able mm-hmm. to keep. Um, you know, the ones that I like the best for my projects back. And, you know, I, I, and to tell you the truth, I really didn't keep too many back because, you know, I, the females that I got from you have bounced back so well from breeding that, you know, I didn't need to create any new groups or, um, you know, retire breeders or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, that's great still, to hear. That's good. Yeah. You, every, in fact, every single gecko I've ever gotten from you, Marcia, is still alive and well in my collection right now. Well, that's, I mean, that's great for me to know. I love that. But this isn't about a Marsha commercial. I want I to know, 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 and inquiring minds out there want to know about your projects and how you plan for them and if you have any, um, anything that you like to Marsha, you're completely, like, you're breaking up a little bit. Is your connection oh. all right? Okay. I can't hear you. you. Can you guys hear Marsha in the chat room? I don't think so. I can't hear her at all. <laughs> Yvonne says aliens. Yeah, Marsha's glitching. I don't even hear you anymore, Marsha. Maybe you should call back in. Okay, can you hear me now? Now I can hear you. Okay. Well, it must have just been that particular phone. Sorry. I'm on my landline, so I think I've been on it for quite a while today, so maybe it just fizzled out and I didn't know it. Okay, but, no, okay so where, where did I leave off with interrogation on you? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't even hear your question, so. Oh, okay. I said inquiring minds want, they don't want to hear how well oh, I heard that are doing. They, okay, they want, uh, inquiring minds want to know what you um, might have in store for the future and what, uh, you know, what your lineup uh, is looking like this for this season. Yeah, oh, my God. I, you know what, Marsha, i got to tell you, um, 
uh, I see. Over the past four years, I've I've been really focusing on my projects, and I think this year my projects are going to be my projects are actually all coming to where I want them to be this season. So the results of my pairings this year should give me what I've been working hard for um, over the last four seasons. And um, I'm actually just really looking forward to it. Like, for instance, my emerines, my extreme emerines, my um, my snows, my, uh, you know, super snows, my uh, gem snows, oh, especially my gem snow radars, gem snow radars. Like, uh, those are all the projects I'm really looking forward to seeing the results because especially with the gem snow radars because I outcrossed them into Puri Fascio over the mm-hmm. last two years. So now I got a bunch of heads. So now I'm putting the heads together and I'll start hitting on, um, you know, gem snow lavender radars that are, you know, about 100% defascio blood in you know, because I'm bringing wow. the, the heads back together now. So, oh, I'm just, I'm... I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. That sounds that, yeah, that sounds really exciting. That really sounds exciting. Yeah. So how, I mean, my, um, down my Dalmatians and stuff, and I'm starting to work with some white and yellows too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what those are going to show. But yeah, where that sounds great. Where do you okay? But where do, where do you stand with the uh, you know the Dalmatian uh, and uh, the uh, and your Enigma uh, uh, project? Mm-hmm. Well, so far I've been able to uh, produce really, really good uh, enigmas. And um, I have very few enigmas that show syndrome. In fact, I don't have any enigmas that show syndrome really bad. Um, it seems that I was able to, like, outcrossing them to Siri Fascio, it gave them the lines, a, a good boost of genetic strength where, um, if, you know, the, there is some syndrome, it's very, very limited. And, mm-hmm. you know, I... I but, I, but you know, I, my experience with enigmas is only about three seasons now, so I'm by no means an expert on enigmas. Um, but, of course, I am definitely working towards seeing if I can perfect it, if it's even possible. Um, you know, I, I just feel that the enigma gene is something very special, and it's a shame that some of them, you know, come with that syndrome attached to them. I, I really hate that. And I wish, have you uh, have you I hope, have you hatched any like that? Um, none that have it horrible. You don't I have know, to I, answer I, if you don't want to. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll be honest about it. Uh, yeah, if I hatched a, a terrible one, you know, I but you know, in fact, the, the worst one I've hatched, I think, had a bit of a tremble, and um, you know, when it would eat, sometimes it would do a head turn, but that was like the worst. I've never really had any that spun in circles like crazy or anything like that. No. Wow, but, that's great. That's but great. Again, they are you know, certainly I've, beautiful animals. They are so beautiful. They are. And and, and they and they have usually have such dispositions, but I don't know. Are yours messy? <laughs> I see I think the see you know, find that they have uh increased motor skills where they're very animated and very uh you know, uh just a lot of them are kind of hyper sometimes. They're really Inquisitive. They're always checking out their area. They're walking around, and um, their metabolism seems to be a little bit higher with some of them. I've also noticed that some of them, uh, some of the enigmas, seem to show increased intelligence uh, as opposed to, you know, non-enigma gecko. And I don't know if it's, um, 
I, I, I hate to relate it to the human condition, but, you know, sometimes uh, with some neurological disorders, you know, you're limited. Some humans are limited in one way, yet they're very, very smart in others. And I wonder if there's a correlation there because, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like, what if there is a correlation? You know, what if there is? It's very possible. Um, and people... You're breaking up again, Marcia. Oh, it looks like we, we lost Marcia. Marcia. <laughs> Hello. Wait, let's try this. Okay, I think I think we got you. Well, that is the weirdest thing because I just put the phone that I was using back earlier back on again. Oh well, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) I've got like another uh, phone in my hand, so in case we have to switch, I am using my landline. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's your I think it's maybe your connection, but that's okay. We're it's coming back. We're 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 back on the we're back. We can hear you again. Uh-oh. You're breaking up again, Marcia. Why don't you call in on your cell phone or something? Because it's dead. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me better now? Now I can, yeah. No, I can't hear you, Marcia. Yeah, we lost her again. No. I can't I'm not there. Now you're here, but I don't know if it's going to stay. All right, maybe she needs to just call in and get a new connection. I'm just going to I'm going to hang up, Marcia. Call back in, okay? Yeah, Loki reptiles. I think it is aliens. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, sometimes it happens. Um, they say that landlines are the best way to, you know, use blog talk radio. But, you know, because we're on the Internet, there's always, I mean, you guys can go check out Harpin Time, and there's always an issue. It's, it's a great service with blog talk, but it rarely, rarely works, you know, 100% all the time. It just rarely does. So, you know, we we deal with it. We do our best. And, you know, we keep going. It's just one of those things. Um, all right, let's see. We got her back. Let's see if we can get a better connection. Marsha, you there? Hello? Hi. I think we're good. You can hear so this? I can hear this. Cool. Okay. Everybody else can hear this? I believe so, yeah. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> you, I'm just going to have to stay put, I guess, huh? Maybe. Yeah. That's all right. All right. So what did you talk about when I wasn't on? <laughs> I just I explained how blog talk rarely runs smoothly without, you know, something a little glitchy, you know. Well, and and I've tried to use Skype a few times too and it's like forget that. I, you know, I'm, it's always weird. Yeah. So Okay, well, as long as we're on, oh, good. Okay, I'm seeing here on chat, loud and clear, Marsha. Okay, awesome. Well, good. So so some of the other controversial type things that you're working on are actually pretty exciting. Can you talk about any of those? 
Um, well, I, I guess the one controversial thing that, like, some people just hate are these curly-tailed leopard geckos. And, mm-hmm. You know, that was, I know. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate them. On. I think they're darling, but. Yeah, well, it's definitely, it's definitely some kind of a, a, a mutation or deformity of some kind. That's absolutely. Um, it's really strange. It's really weird. But it's also, you know, really cool. I'm of the opinion where, you know, I'm very open-minded and I, you know, yeah, Angela, you're right. Curly tails equal gecko pugs. They're just like, cur- they're like pugs tails. So if you don't, you know, if you if you like pugs, and I don't know anybody that doesn't like pug dogs, you know, how could you not like a gecko with a similar type of tail? And it's just, it's like anything else. It's like an albino. It's like a, you know, an eye pigment trait is just another mutation. It's another more or less deformity that would, you know, keep this animal from likely surviving well in the wild. But yet captive breeders, uh, you know, use it to enhance the beauty or basically, you know, create new new uh, different uh, traits and forms of their animals, which, you know, through selective breeding, uh, humans have been doing for thousands of years now. Uh, that's how right. we're able to have so many different, you know, we have so many different breeds of dogs and cats and different animals uh, just from selective breeding. But anyway, these, this particular curly tail is very strange, and I have no idea what's going on with it. Um, I've never had has it. Has it been, have you been able to reproduce it one. in any of the parents? In only one, only one gecko have I asked out uh, a curly tail on my own. And it actually came from a different project. So the ones that I have, um, I, you know, well, this will be the first year that I, you know, will probably get any viable eggs from them. Now I've seen them, I've seen them mate. I have a male that has a, a perfect curly tail, and you guys can check out his. Um, actually, I have a male and a female that have just amazingly perfect looking curly tails. Well, the female is actually like a complete spiral. It's the, in fact, it's the most perfect curly tail I've ever seen. Um, it curls so precisely. Um, but this will be the first year that I'll be able to determine if, you know, if it is something like a recessor or something. Because hmm. the, ma- the male that I have, I bred to several other geckos uh, last season, and I produced a bunch of geckos, but none of them had curly tails. And, I, uh, you know, I have about, I don't know, I don't know, five to six of them. Or maybe, and I think it's eight, eight of them. And uh, so they all came out with normal tails, right? So the way I'm thinking, based on those small results, if it is anything, it's going to be a recessive trait. Um, or maybe well, probably, it's I don't know. know. It, yeah, well, that's interesting. The first curly-tailed gecko I ever saw was probably back in, I want to say, like 97 or 98. Really? And yeah. that tail, yeah, that tail was you know, literally corkscrewed around one of the back legs all the way down. It was really fascinating. Hmm. But I don't think they ever, yeah. they, 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 didn't re, they didn't breed the gecko. They just, I think, wound up adopting it out. But um, well, that would be interesting. Tell, yeah, from what I can tell, there's no, like, adverse, uh, you know, healthy, uh, health uh, effects from it. It doesn't obstruct them in any way. Um, right. In fact, so it's I've not a quality of life issue. No, definitely not. And I wouldn't yeah. even have them in my collection if that were the case. But right, um, I noticed that the male can curl his tail. He can unwind his tail at will. Number one, and he can curl his tail around 
a female's tail during copulation, and it's like he gets like this, like seriously secure hold on her, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's actually quite interesting. But um, does it does it act like know. a prehensile tail? In a way, it does, kind of. Yeah, hmm. I don't know, and that that's what was you know fascinating to me too. Like, you know, sometimes evolution happens in mutations. What if this is like a stage in evolution? Because it happens with somewhat some regularity. I mean, it's not not happening all over the place but mm-hmm. you know yeah Loki Loki reptiles like like cat geckos right exactly like cat geckos so there are geckos oh, aren't they amazing with the, the cat geckos watching them uh, they are so oh, yeah. feline in their behavior and their tails do the cool they're just amazing oh yeah definitely but you know it's 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 interesting I don't really know what's going on with it though Marcia and it's just a very small little project if you can call it that here as far as projects go in my collection it's just you know a few geckos well, I, but i think people are curious about that and and again you know you're going to get a you're going to get a, a spectrum of people's opinions about that and um um you know it, i think that most people would agree though that it's that it, if it is a uh, quality of life issue then and it we, and it's known to be a genetic thing then we really need to take heed on that. Um, oh, yeah. But on the other hand, some people see certain things as, you know, there are purists out there. I tend to be a little bit of a purist myself, and I think you do too, I, basically. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I, but I'm also like, you know, I'm also, I don't know, I guess it's open-minded where nothing bothers me. I don't have anything that I dislike that much, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, so it's like, like I'm, like for, I always use the analogy. I'm fascinated by all these pigeons that, you know, they've been able to breed that have all these weird mutations, like, like crazy feathers on their heads and feathers on their feet. I mean, obviously these pigeons couldn't survive in nature, but you know, breeders have been able to make some very interesting examples of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through select, selective breeding. And I'm fascinated by that kind of um, breeding work. It really, it's amazing what you can do with these genes and you know yeah. not for everybody not not everybody likes it not everybody can appreciate it in fact there's people out there that that are so against it and i you know, i respect everybody's opinion um i believe if the animals are not being harmed in any way and usually these these types of animals are 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 doted over i mean people are mm-hmm. you know these yeah. are their pride and joy and spoiled spoiled rotten i know my dog my, my chihuahua wanda she's been selectively bred to be tiny and you know, she's she's spoiled. Let me tell you, that dog <laughs> she won't eat anything but Rachel Ray dog food. That there you go. She got to have designer dog food, huh? Yeah, she, and she knows. Like <laughs> she she knows she won't she won't. I've even tried mixing different dog foods, and she she knows. Well, she, she you know she got a dog's nose so. But um, yes, yeah, so I I I don't mind spending the money on her because she's my you know my little buddy. But yeah, that's 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 it in a nutshell with the. Well, that sounds interesting. I, I'm 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 actually looking forward to seeing you know what comes comes out of this. So. Yeah. So uh, I, and I have I have good, another so. I have another topic I want to uh, we're kind of switching here uh, shifting gears a little bit but uh, we do have to you know take time to have some callers. I hope you guys are getting ready to call in. I don't I'm not sure what the dashboard here looks like as far as lighting it up, but. Uh, 
Um, you know, David, I think one of the things that uh, for myself and many other people have noticed and and really appreciate with David's uh, fine geckos is that you you do take the time and you you really appeal uh, to the um, you know to the the beginners, the people that are first starting out. They're not intimidated by you. They're you're very accessible, especially through your videos and um, you know some of the um, uh, you know the some of the Facebook stuff and everything. I mean, why do you why do you think that is, or why do you feel um, you know a lot of times breeders get kind of tired of of answering the same questions over and over again, but yet. I, I'm interested in your philosophy on your role as a, you know, as a quote-unquote mainstream uh, breeder and how important is it to appeal to new, the new people that are coming, um, you know, into the hobby. Okay. No, that, that's a cool question, Marcia. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't, you know, if I told you I didn't get burnt out with, you know, the same questions sometimes and, um I think we all get them. You know, a lot yeah. of the common ones are, uh, you know, what kind of gecko is this? I just bought it at, you know, the big chain pet store. Can you tell me what morph it is? I mean, I think we get, I don't know, at least 20 of those a week. And yeah, yeah. It, it can it can be it can be frustrating. But you know, um, and I and I'll be lying to you if I didn't sometimes, you know, not give the the most I don't know diplomatic answer to some of those questions. I, I'm never like downright rude. That, I, that I'm aware of. I, I never, like, put anyone down or, you know, I never do that because, you know, I, I know I know what it's like because, you know, not too long ago I was that person. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I first bred, I first bred leopard geckos when I was, I think, 14, and they were just normals back then. But, um, you know, over the last years, I really, up until about four or five years ago, I really wasn't into leopard geckos, like, heavily. So I bought my first geckos from those from the big big chain uh, pet stores, and so I know what it's like to be like wondering, like, well, what do I have here? Is it anything special? Or so I can appreciate that, but at the same time, I also like to try to get people past that that um, that mentality as quickly as possible and get them onto appreciating, um, you know, buying from the good breeders, the better animals, you know, the ones that come with less of a health risk and you know, definitely to support the the better people in the in the breeding areas. So yeah, uh, that's something that's something I try to do too. And I do have like like pre written things that I can copy and paste now for those questions because I get them so often. Yeah, I I've done the same thing in the past. Just had a you know like a a, a draft made up of you know common <laughs> questions, answers to common questions. But you know what, Marsha, to, to to get back to your point about you know. Uh, I guess being accessible and I don't know, I think YouTube has uh, enabled me to link up with a lot of new people in the game and it's exciting because I remember that enthusiasm and I, and I still have that enthusiasm. I've never lost it. So I remember that and um, it constantly just reinvigorates me when I hear, I can see someone's excitement that they're getting involved and I know exactly what they're thinking about. And I think Ron calls it acquisition fever, and 
And oh, yeah, I've, I've called it that, too. <laughs> They're in an acquisition mode, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I know what that's like. It's an awesome I do, awesome too. Choice. I'm still there, and I'm trying to retire, <laughs> and I'm still in an acquisition mode. Hello? Oh, you'll never get out of it, no. Uh, and once you discover once you discover the whole underground thing with leopard geckos, it's like, wow, you know? Um, and, you know, it's it, just so you know, just a couple, I guess it was last week, um, I'm just going to read you a letter I just got. Uh, let's see. Seventh grade student. Uh, my name is oh. Aiden. I'm a seventh grade student. Well, I'm not going to tell you where he is. And uh, he's in an academically gifted program. And uh, each year they do, uh, they research a topic of, of our choice to open our displays to the public. This year I have chosen the topic of leopard geckos and morphs. I'm writing to you because you are considered an expert in my field of study. And I wrote back to him. I said, no, I, I will disappoint you. I believe I'm not an expert. I'm still learning myself. But he goes on to say, my essential questions upon which I am basing my research is taking care of leopard geckos and how are they created. I would appreciate it greatly if you could send me any information or display items such as pictures, diagrams, written information, etc. And then it gives his contact, contact information. He sent me some pictures of his own animals. So basically what I did was I, I, uh, I, gave, I printed out Ron Tremper's care sheet, which is one of the best care sheets mm-hmm. for leopard geckos. I mean, yeah, I could write my own, but I printed out Ron's, and I definitely uh, pointed him in the direction of Ron's book, and um, I went on to tell him that, you know, I explained a little bit about the morphs and how for the last 30 years they've been, you know, developed and, and how interesting this is, and, um, you know, gave him as much information as I had. I sent him pictures of some of my geckos, and uh, I hope, I'm hoping that it helps him in his, in his research paper. But, you know, it's, it's things like that, Marsha, that, you know, when, you're, when you put yourself out there, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook or something, you know, people are going to seek you out for help. And, you know, some people are more apt to helping others than others. And, you know, if I'm not busy, I do my best to, to help people. So, so mm-hmm. you know, well, I, mean, I enjoy that, that and- part of it. Yeah, I know you do, and it shows. Your enthusiasm is infectious. I mean, it really, really is. So, but okay, you, you know, another another thing that I just earlier in what you were saying is that um, you were talking about the importance of obtaining, you know, geckos from a reliable source. I mean, what are what in your feel your your opinion your feeling. Um, are the characteristics or the protocol or, or whatever uh, for a, a, a reputable breeder? Hmm. What well, are the things that you admire and and that you uh, find to be worth passing on? Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would advise everybody out there that if you're uh, thinking about doing this on any kind of serious level, you know, I made mistakes from not doing this. Like, you really have, there's a lot of pitfalls. And that's, that's with anything, any kind of hobby or, uh, you know, any kind of endeavor that you're looking into getting into. Um, but there are pitfalls to avoid. And it, it'll it hurt you a little more than normal because you're dealing with living things. And, you know, there are some, you know, scammers out there. There are people that will take advantage of you based on your intelligence. And I encourage everybody to do your research, read about geckos, um, research reputations of breeders, uh, find out who's who, find out where the good geckos are. Um, it took me four years, well, three years now to discover like where the, 
the best geckos are, and I've, you know, definitely found them. And, you know, it's just, it's a matter of statistics about, you know, where you're going to find the most purest lines or uh, the strongest lines, the best-looking morphs. Um, these are statistically in a, in, a, in a few certain areas. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's good in a way that it's like that, you know, um, because, I don't know, it, 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 it makes it easier to, to, you know, if you deal if you deal with certain people, you know you're going to get uh, the best stuff. But, I don't know, it's tough, too, because, you know, there's a lot of us out there also where that have gotten our animals from you know, the best breeders, and, you know, some of them are great people, and a lot of them you don't know who they are, too. And some, there's a lot of good people out there that go unnoticed, and then there's uh, there's some, I guess, less uh, less great people out there, you know, that are in the game, too, that can get you. But I don't know. Well, you know, I think think that's in every, uh, almost every business, if you want to call it a business. I'm no longer a business. Uh, I've never actually, I've conducted business, but I've never looked at myself as a business. Um, But but yet, you still have to have those, you know, there are certain principles that apply, you know, when you're dealing with any kind of a, you know, sale or or customer and stuff. But the di- big difference is that these are living creatures, and you you said that earlier. So, yeah, um, you're breaking up a little bit. I, and I also meant to say, though, Marsha, too, that um, the the reputations of people are very important. There are there really aren't any checks and balances out there. There's no, you know. There's no website out there that'll say, "Oh, this guy's a great guy." Or, well, I mean, I guess there is if you look at some of the BOI boards, you know. But there's also, I don't know if you can, re- you know, all that information is reliable too, because you know anybody can have all their friends go on there and say that, "Oh, he's great," this and that. But I guess yeah. it's more about, I guess it's more about, you know, if you if you're really committed to this and you're really on your game and you're smart and you're able to analyze information. And you're able to trust your instincts. You're gonna, you'll get to the, you'll get to the good, you'll get to the good stuff. You'll get to the good people. You'll be able to find the right one. And it's, it's not easy. Like, you know, I found the, the best people in this by, <laughs> by, I always say it by getting ripped off by the bad ones. But it's, <laughs> it's kind of true. <laughs> it's kind of true, though. You know, and I don't know. I, I just feel that. Doing good by others is something that we all should do, and it's not always the case, though. You know, it's not, and, and times are hard economically, so people are going to do what they got to do to to survive and to pay their bills, and you know, I don't know, it's it's tricky. Well, some, sometimes think, take sometimes taking the high road is you know more of a struggle than it is to take the flat road. I mean, it just really is. Yeah, well, that's true, but you know, I think if you're really committed to this and you're really you know, you're really in the game, you'll be able to navigate it. And it's not I think easy, so, too. Believe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a chess game. It's not easy, though. Um, but I wish everybody well that wants to do it. Um, if you guys if you guys need any kind of advice, if you're new, uh, contact myself, Marsha. You know, she'll, I'm sure, you know, you'll be able to help people and steer people in the right direction. And I think, pretty, I think both pretty, of us are committed to, um, you know, helping and answering questions, uh, 
you know, I, I had to learn the hard way. And I made some terrible, terrible mistakes that I, I still think, I mean, and it was out of ignorance. It wasn't out of stupidity. It was out of just not knowing. Right. Right. But now there is so much information, almost too much information out there for people who are starting out. But but I'm glad that there's people like you who still can convey that level of, you know, the level of uh excitement and commitment and enthusiasm that you do. Uh, I'm because still learning I'm still learning too, Marcia though, you know, I'm not I'm not by any well, means so expert in anything. Yeah. Hey, when I started out in this we didn't have genetics, okay? I mean we didn't we just we didn't have a clue. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so we're all learning and from each other and I think that that's great. I think that I, there's a lot we can lot we can learn from each other. And I think that um, everybody has a place or a niche in this community and something to contribute as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And we want to foster that, and I I think you have fostered that a lot in uh, in your your, your Facebook page, on uh, on your videos, on YouTube, uh, it, when somebody, you know, when there's when there's bad information, that that really gets passed around very quickly. But when there's really good information that's out there, um, I could see people jumping on that, you know, in a heartbeat. And so I think that the community is uh, very fortunate to have uh, people like you and other breeders who take the time to explain, to, to take the time to um, express their enthusiasm, uh, to put up the videos, and so I, 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 think, um, I think you're doing, um, I think you're doing a very, very good thing uh, oh, when you. it comes you know, to the, the things- public and the geckos and everything else, and I, I'm sure everybody else, uh, you know, feels that way too, and um, well, I think one of the important things, though, to, to add is that um, ever since I started this, I've always gone out of my way to um, show gratitude for the, the the breeders that I've gotten my stuff, for the good breeders that I've gotten my animals from, and to make sure that uh, people know exactly where my animals come from. And um, I I show you know you know the people that I've that I really respect and appreciate. Um, I show them as much you know, attention as I can and direct people to them. And on my website, you guys can check out my Goodfellas page. I'll be adding a few more people to that. But um, I make it a point to highlight the people that have helped me in this. And basically, I'd like to get to the point where there's a bit of a, like a little bit of a chamber of commerce where you can rest assured that anybody that I recommend, I stand behind 100%. Like that I'm willing to risk my reputation on their animals on their ethic because you know this will help you out there and i'm not saying that the people i recommend are the only good people out there by no means but Mm, the people i'm going to recommend are the ones that i've personally dealt with that i can personally vouch for that i know would never do anything to rip you off or or scam you or you know to basically create a safe haven for people that just want to avoid some of those pitfalls and not take chances and I'm going to tell you, sure. everybody, some, sometimes, you know, it, it comes down to price, too. Like, 
it, it seems like the cheaper the the animal or the cheaper the item, the higher the risk. And you know, it's yeah. Sometimes you got to pay. You got to pay for the good stuff. Sometimes. Well, you know? yeah. The 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 old adage that says you get what you pay for. And sometimes you luck out. I mean, I did. In the mm-hmm. beginning, my first geckos came from a nobody at a reptile show at the Cow Palace. And they mm. thrived and did beautiful, and it was just one of those things. Uh, so sometimes yeah. sometimes it's a good thing, and unfortunately it's a bad thing. But, um, but yeah, I think, I, think, um, I think what you're saying in your videos and stuff about be careful and, and really do some research. Um, ask questions. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a huge social media presence right now that was never available before and just, just literally until just the last several years with, you know, forums and, and now Facebook. So yeah, there's not a shortage of information out there. Yeah. Some of yeah, it might be ambiguous or confusing, but yeah. So yeah. The, who, of, of all the people that you have dealt with and that you know their reputations or have spoken to or whatever – uh, before we start taking calls before the show's over here, um, I'd like to know if you were to choose one person, one person uh, or one breeder or one person um, in the amount of time that you've devoted to leopard geckos and other animals, uh, but mostly leopard geckos, and who, who would that person be that you would highlight? Uh, well... You know I love you, Marsha, more than anything. And uh, it would probably be a tough call between you and Ron. Wait a minute. I think... I wasn't fishing, but... (laughs) (laughs) Ron Stremper and and Marsha, between you and and Ron, um, uh, not only have you been the most helpful to me, but uh, I just just believe that your your heads and your hearts are in the right place in this. You know... That's that's how I feel about you both. I I think the world of both of you guys, and you know, it's just uh, very very thankful to be able to uh, have gotten such beautiful animals from you. And you know, it's not like buying a uh, you know a, a chair, a set of chairs, or a cabinet or something, or some video games. Uh, you're buying living animals, and I know that you guys both put your heart, your blood, sweat, and tears into these into these beautiful animals, and and that's what I appreciate because I know how difficult it is to, you know, to to really get these projects where they need to be and to, mm-hmm. you know, strive for years and years and years and, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stress involved sometimes with the whole thing and there's a lot of um, just uh, there's a lot of challenges involved with, uh, you know, becoming really good at this and I respect that I see it for what it is I can see your vision I can see his vision you know. You've been doing it for 17 years. He's been doing it for, what, 30 years? 18 now. March 18 It'll be 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that show is... Oh, no, actually work. 19. No, yeah, 18 I mean, since I got my first geckos. and or, or 18 since I started breeding and 19 since I got my first geckos. Yeah. Well, you know, Ron's yeah, been at it for pushing oh, well over 30 years. Oh, yeah. And in my opinion, he is probably the number one, the, the most, um, the, the one person that, that I personally, 
I've been aggravated with some of this stuff a few times. Listen, you know, none of us are perfect, and we are very strong, opinionated people, or we tend to be, you know. But he he's one of the few, the, the, if not the only person who has spent the, more of his life dedicated to leopard geckos in the community than most people have been alive. And he does a lot of selfless things, like the uh, the pro app and his other his books, and you know that's that's for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's 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 what I like to see people that really give back to the community and you know do great things like that. That's in, that's inspiring. It really is. It is inspiring. We have a lot of callers. Well, okay. Shall we start taking some calls? Why not? Let's do it. All right, David. Um, you're 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 under the gun here. You know, you're you're the, you're pushing the buttons. So I'm just going to sit back and listen for right now. Okay. Let's see. Caller from the four zero one area code, which I think I might know who this is. Uh, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Okay. Caller, you there? Hey. Perhaps not. Oh wait! Okay, I wait, heard wait. something. Yeah, hey, I got you. Who is this? <laughs> it's Chrissy with Loki Reptiles. Oh, hey, Chrissy, how are you? Hey, Chrissy, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? Thanks for calling good, in. Good. I'm on the Definitely. hot seat. Um, my question I wanted to ask was, um, sorry, I'm getting a lot of feedback from uh, the computer. Just hit mute. Can you can you mute 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 it on your computer because there's a delay. I just walked out of the room. Um, At what point do you decide when a gecko is no longer uh, fit for breeding and should be retired? At what point? Well, I haven't been breeding for too many years, so basically all my uh, adults are still going. Um, I've had a few geckos that I acquired that were a little older, and I've. just, I noticed that they only produced a couple clutches of eggs, and if that's what they produced one season, there's no reason to really put them through another breeding season. So at that yeah. point, they're retired. And I have a few just beautiful animals here that I love, and I'll never breed them again. But I think what's going to happen, though, is uh, a lot of breeders breed their geckos for two to three seasons, and then they uh, either pass them on or retire them. So um, I don't really see a point to breed them more than that. You know, they're going to give you so many, they're so prolific, you know, Chrissy, so, you know, um, I think two to three years is good enough. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so. And John had a question, too. Um, What do you use for egg incubation media? Oh, cool, yeah. I've I've played around with um, just regular perlite, and I've played around with uh, regular vermiculite, but I like the mixture of both. I like... Um, see, I was finding that regular, just plain perlite would dry out on me, and I found that the vermiculite was too wet. So I mixed the two. I have a 50-50 mix of perlite and vermiculite. And I have a video on YouTube how I mix it and how much water to put. But um, that's what I've found to work out best because I think the – and I, I know other people like to use the plastic things and stuff like that. I find that yeah, – we, we use the, the GEO called perlite. And we've okay, had a lot yeah. of success with that. Okay, that's cool. I, I've tried those, and I, I didn't have such great luck. But I feel like just I feel better for some reason when I know that the eggs are connected to earth and they're, like, in the medium. It makes me feel better about it. And I think 
you know, from my experience, they seem to do better that way, but everybody's experience is different, so, you know, it's cool, whatever you want to use. But, yeah, I like, I just use uh, Perlite and Vermiculite 50-50. Wow, that's pretty cool. Very cool. Thank you. I, I come from the old school, right? And it's kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you've got a system down that works for you right. and you get really good hatch rates and stuff, I don't think it really matters if you use, you know, devices or perlite or vermiculite or a combination of both. Uh, you know, if you've if you've dialed it in and got and you've had good success, then then it's then it's right. Yeah. What do you use, Marcia? I I have used perlite or not oops I lied I I've used vermiculite as an incubation medium since 1995. Oh okay. Yeah, cool. All I, right. I've well, never tried perlite. I've never tried anything else. It's just kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Yeah, Good, great question. All right, cool. All right, caller from the 907 area code. That sounds familiar. 907, you're live on Get Commission Radio. Hey, it's me. It's Marcy. Oh, hey, Marcy. I recognize that, Erica. Hey, Marcy, how are you? Yeah, there's not too many 907 callers out there, I think. I know. I didn't know who it was, but I, I knew it was familiar. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm glad that uh, Marcy was able to do the show, and thank you very much. Um Marcia for being such a wonderful host and Dave for being such a wonderful guest. Um, it feels weird. I, it does feel weird, huh? doesn't it? But it's but it's fun. It's good. Great. Thanks for thanks thanks for the uh, encouragement, Marcy. She's very well, gracious. Well, I think it's fun to have. She's definitely good for my ego. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's fun to have the roles reversed every now and then. It kind of gives you a good perspective. <laughs> Yeah, well, then we can appreciate we can appreciate it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so um, I have a question for you, Dave. Sure, Marcy. Um, and if you, you've already um, answered this, um, I wasn't able to listen to the entire show. I had someone show up and have like a bug emergency, so I had to handle that. Um, mm-hmm. okay. But what all right. has been? Oh yeah. She just needed bugs, so. Okay. Um, uh, so what has been the most difficult thing in the past year for you to overcome? <laughs> difficult thing. Hmm. Wow. Well, I think we all have things in our personal life that challenge us, you know, daily. Well, not just in our personal lives, but in our professional lives too. I mean, yeah, just professionally. Yeah, professionally. You mean you mean gecko related, right? Gecko yeah. related. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. You know, I think I'm still working on it. Actually, the most difficult thing for me is my my claustrophobia at reptile expos. I am, but I'm getting better every time, and I'm very, very nervous in huge crowds and tight spaces, you know, and um, that's got to be the most difficult thing that I've had to overcome, but I've made it to all the shows that I was scheduled to go to this season, so, yeah, I think that's got to be it. That's pretty awesome, because 
I think that's pretty awesome because I think everybody that I've heard um, talk about seeing you at shows, they were so happy to see you and that you talked to them and it was great meeting you and they're so happy with their geckos. And so I think that, I mean, that's, I think that should be um, some encouragement on that avenue oh, for you. That's cool. Thank you. Because there's one other thing, though. I mean, one other thing I just remembered. Mm-hmm. And that is stage fright and radio. Like, I was scared to death that I wouldn't be able to do a good enough show for people to to appreciate and, you know, for the community to uh, embrace. And that was that was scary for me because it was like, all right, I'm going to put myself out here and what if it fails miserably? And what if everybody hates it? And what if I do a terrible job? And I was so scared about that. But... Oh man, between between all of you, Marcy, the the sponsors, Marcia, Steve, between the community, everybody that's in the chat room right now, I love you guys. All of you guys have encouraged me and just I'm getting better and better at radio every day, every Sunday. And Yes, you are. That's that's, that's huge for me. That that that's even even, that's even sit even even sitting in the uh guest seat, you're you're doing good. You're you're you need to stay positive and and know that you know, that this this is a good thing. Thank you. Yeah. No. I'm gonna yeah, be doing as long as I can. I think you've uh, I think you've done a tremendous job in that aspect, and I think that each show is just getting better and better, and it's exciting to bring on new people in the community. Like you know, having Jeff on the show was a really awesome show. I mean, a lot of us know Jeff, but actually getting to, you know, sit and listen to Jeff, it's just like, you know, it's just a glimpse at the surface of Jeff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for those of us that know him really well, it's, you know, it's basically just a glimpse at the surface. He's one of the coolest guys I know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah, I like it, that. But it, it really is awesome because, you know, the, more people that actually get to know him, you know, I mean, we all look at his animals and go, oh, hey, those are just amazing, you know, but the more people mm-hmm. that actually get to know how really cool he is, you know, they'll be like, wow, you know, not only does he have amazing well, animals, he's a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's it. So, well, and, well, you know what? You, you really the do. Yeah, that's what we're going to do, Marcy. We're going to make sure that people that deserve the credit and are doing good things in the community definitely get some exposure and get, and we all get to know who they are. You know, that's it. Yeah, and that's really, and that's really cool. I mean, I I really like that about your show, and you're doing a great job. Um, I do have oh, one so kind of semi, semi MS2 announcement to make. Um, yeah, go right ahead. I'm going to be going in. I'm going to be going in for surgery on the 31st of January, and so we're kind of in like super chow crunch mode over the next couple of days. Um, my husband and I are going to be making a bunch of chow, and hopefully my mom and I, over the next week or two, making a bunch of chow, um, kind of to prepare for me going into surgery, um, because I will not be able to do much of anything. Um, You know, I could probably sit on the computer and, like, direct things and, you know, do labels and say, okay, put the labels in the printer. (laughs) So um, the past, the past, you can recruit your kids, Marcy. <laughs> I can recruit my children, that's for sure. Um, and uh, fortunately, unfortunately, the one that knows how to do labels went back to college, 
so I need to teach my youngest children how to do labels and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the um, so it'll be uh, a little. Uh, it may be a little uh, herky jerky for a couple of days, you know, while I'm getting everything uh, adjusted uh, and having uh, everybody else doing the work while I kind of oversee, hey, this needs to happen. Um, well, you can so just can sit on your lounger and have people, you know, wave, uh, you know, fan fronds on you while you, like, <laughs> you know, flip your wrist and say, do this, do that, you know, and delegate, right? Yeah, I don't know how well I do with that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I have a quick interruption and I apologize we've got about Mm -hmm. five minutes left on the clock so if any of you would like to call in now is the time to call in and get in the queue we can't obviously answer everybody's call and stuff but uh, but yeah let's if you if you really have something you'd like to contribute or ask or you know, get the call put in before uh, the show closes uh, on. I mean, it'll continue regardless, but uh, blog talk will will be done at that point. So sorry for the interruption. Yeah, so, that's yeah, okay. The going and I'm just going to go ahead. And, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and close it off there, but I just want to let everybody know to kind of be patient with, with me and with us. Um, this past week has been kind of rather rough as I've been going to the surgeon and all that other thing, you know, all that other stuff. Um, but uh, we'll get it handled, and um, we've got plans of how to compensate for everything. But uh, it might be a little bumpy road, but uh, we still have. Don't worry about. Don't worry about anything, out. Marcy. Don't worry about anything, Marcy. Oh, Just you know do me. what you have to do, and you know me. We wish you well. You know. You know, you're yeah, going to do, gonna do just fine. It's our bugs that aren't. So I'm putting that guilt trip on you. <laughs> just teasing. We love you and we love all that you do for us, Marcy. Thank you so much. Okay, I love you. And I'm just going to stay on and listen so you can hang me up. I'm going right, to stay on the phone and listen. Thanks for Okay, cool. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Do we have right, time for another we- caller? Oh, we have time for a few more. We'll go into overtime for a little bit, but not all night. But uh, I have okay. Well, California. let's do that then. Let's let's just keep going. And um, you know, this this show has been you know kind of a little bit alien for David um, as being the person who's in the spotlight, other than being the host. It's a it's been a little bit alien for me because I don't know when to shut up and listen. But no, you know what? Nice I think I think I mean I just look at the number of people that are in chat right now and what's going on and stuff and and I think this has just been a real you know people are are really getting into this so I don't want to stop it so no nope. are you nope. up to here's, yeah I'm I'm up for it here's somebody from California right. um, somebody special well everybody's special but this guy's awesome Dave Durham you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello, Marcia and Dave. You're doing a great hey. job tonight as host tonight, Marcia. Well, and, uh, you know, I got when you're old. When you're as old as me, you can almost say or do anything you want and get away with it. So I, it's like <laughs> you know, <laughs> putting David in the spotlight is probably a little bit more uncomfortable for him. He he's not always 
in the spotlight. I don't know that he's real comfortable there. So, But our job is to make him comfortable. So what did you have for David? Well, I think he can handle it pretty well. He, he does great on this show. Um, my main Thanks, question Dave. was uh, leucistics. Uh, Dave, do you uh, uh, have leucistics, and do you uh, breed them, and, and how much would uh, a pair of them be, uh, a, a breeding oh. pair? I wish we had true leucistics with leopard geckos, um, but we don't as of yet. We have, you know, what's mistakenly called a leucistic, which is a patternless, but um, I, I, I know what you're referring to. You're referring to a white, all-white gecko with, like, blue or black eyes. Um, that's, the closest, yeah, that's correct. The closest, yeah, the closest that we have to that is called the Diablo Blanco, which is um, it's an all-white gecko with red eyes. And I know you're a fan of, like, the see-through, transparent-type geckos. Mm-hmm. And these are definitely, these are definitely very interesting. Um, I posted one in the group, a picture of one in the group the other day. But, uh, again, the oblos usually go for about 200 each and maybe a little bit more depending on how white they are. Uh, so it's not like a, a cheap gecko. But if you really wanted one, I would definitely send one out to you for nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um I was just thinking, you know, I can't do it right now, but I was just thinking, you know, that's that's kind of what I'd be wanting to get into, and and you know, in the future would be the leucistics. So. Mhm. Well, what, yeah, what it, trying it, to find it, a true leucistic. Right. Exactly. David's absolutely right, and I've worked with pure blizzards for a long time, uh, and I have produced many, many blizzards uh, that have solid black eyes. Oh, and really? at the time, at the well, you know what though? Literally, at the time, they're gray though. Huh? It's it depends on the temperature and what mood they're in, what yeah. color they turn. But they had well, solid black eyes, and I really could kick myself because back in those days, uh, that was even before Ron introduced the, um, you, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the the ruby eyes, the 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 raptor. And we we weren't really paying that much attention to eye traits like we are now, and it's just like, ding, that was a great opportunity, and it was it was overlooked. Oh wow! So we need people like you to pick up pick up where we left off and keep going. <laughs> well, I don't know that much about breeding geckos right now. It's just I'm I'm trying to learn a little bit here. So no, that's cool. Well, are you yeah, learning when you're ready? Yeah. Okay. If you're learning, and there's plenty of resources out there, and I, I think that almost everybody uh, who's on chat tonight or on this phone right now is more than willing to help you, huh, Dave? Well, I hope so. Yeah, I'm definitely appreciative of anybody that wants to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave is going to be coming on the show in the future uh, in March, so you guys were going to hear about how he trains his lizards, and you know, I'm sure he's not going to give away all his secrets, but we're going to talk about uh, what it's like for you know, Dave to run his little Jurassic Park over there in California. So, Very uh, cool. Very cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I do all right because I got stage fright just like uh, I hear some other people do. <laughs> <laughs> Who are We're you gonna talking, talking about? Together. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All well, good, I'm going to let somebody else try to get in, and uh, it's been nice talking to you. Yeah, thanks for okay, calling cool. in, Dave. Okay. Thanks, Dave. You guys take all right. Okay, I have, uh, let's see, John wants to call in, I think. John, um, there's another 401, let's see. All right, 401 area code. 
Hey, John. How's it going? Hey. What's up, Hey. Dude? What's going on? Nothing. Did you, uh, I saw in the chat room that uh, you're on the other 401 number. There's so many callers in here. I don't know who's on the line listening and who's, who wants to ask yeah, a question live on the air. So. I was just listening, but <laughs> okay. um, I was actually talking to my friend Matt, and you probably know that he bends also at the show, and he was telling me, you know, that the ball python market is actually crashing as we speak. Um, he was actually at my house yesterday. And he told me something very interesting. He said, he said to me that there were several new ball python morphs that are actually being produced in Africa and that they were going to uh, release them to choice breeders at, at a certain point uh, throughout the world. And then after the, the choice breeders got the, the animals, they were going to flood the market. And it got me to thinking, like, is that... Is that going to be the new, the new trend for other species that you can still import, like maybe ball pythons and other animals that we happen to be working with? Are they going to hold back the select new animals that they find in the wild rather than releasing them as possible new animals for us to work with? What are, what are your feelings? Interesting. It is um, interesting, David. I'll, I'll tell you how I feel about it. Uh, I've always been a little reluctant to invest big money in morphs because I, you know, I'm aware of how prices can fluctuate, and uh, I'm not comfortable with dropping several thousand dollars just to be cool one year and say I have this, and you know, be the first one to do this or that. It's not, it's not you know, worth the investment to be able to be cool like that, you know, so to speak. But um, yeah, I don't. I'm not trusting enough of the of the of the economic system and I'm not trusting enough of the market to make an investment like that. But it's from what you're saying is, I mean, I really don't have any knowledge of what their intentions are, if that's the case. But if that is the case, uh, you know, I'm not in favor of that type of attitude, but I am aware that people want to make money. And if you're uh, ambitious enough, or if you're lucky enough to be able to stumble upon or produce a new morph, um, I also feel that you're entitled to be able to make something for your for your uh, your in- endeavor there. You know, I think uh, that's kind of you know something that should be granted to you for either getting lucky or for doing the hard work to get it. So mm-hmm. you know, um, I guess it's a double-edged sword, John. You know, on that. But I I do believe though that if, if history has proven anything, you know, a lot of these morphs it's predictable. If you don't get in on the ground level and make that investment and pray that the animals do what they say, that what they're, you know, you want them to do and produce a certain amount and, you know, be in the game, it's a very stressful mm-hmm. thing if you don't, it is. If you don't yeah. make, make the money. I think it takes the fun out of it. I would never get involved in a, a, a new morph on the ground up unless I produced it myself. You know, I would never I, try. I, I, would never I have in two cases. I have in two cases. Because it's almost like the old pyramid, you know, scam of the, you know, late 70s and stuff. If you don't get in right from the beginning, and you're not going to have a return on, you're not going to have an ROI. You're not going to have any kind of return on investment. 
Um, then there's the other people who wait until the market gets, you know, flooded or, or saturated enough for the prices to drop. And that just happens. It is a it, – it, the market has – like any other market, and I'm not a marketing person. I'm very terrible at marketing. But I do see the trends, and, you know, you either you either buy into it right off the bat or you wait until you can afford it, and it's it, and it's a shame. It, it it really is. But I've heard – I know the ball python market uh, is, you know, very dynamic right now, as, as is the leopard gecko market, if not a little more on the conserv- excuse me, conservative side. Um, but – I've heard so many, uh, you know, people that are scared of the market crashing for people flooding the market and things like that. And I'm going to tell you straight up that sometimes some of the people that complain about it the most are the ones that do it. So <laughs> it's it's predictably unpredictable. Yeah, I, I have to I have to say, Marsha, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I've been around long enough to watch some of the leopard gecko morphs going from basically bread and butter to things that you don't see so much, and then their value goes back up, like some of the patternless morphs. Well, I think I think that codominant morphs uh, that happens more with codominance, uh, not quite as much with recessive or simple recessives, but certainly the line bread traits have uh, managed overall, I think, to uh, maintain their value. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make any investments, John, I would do line bread stuff, and I would you know, focus on something that you really like and uh, well, that's make it the best you can. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, Dave. I, I, at this point, I'm just looking at I don't really care how much something is because I'm going to work with it in, on my own, and I'm, I'm actually not in it for the money. I'm actually in it to see what I can do with it. But I, I, just, I just heard what, you know, Matt had to say, and he's, he's like me, but he's doing more ball pythons, and he's, he's the type of guy who, who's in it because he really loves it, you know. So. Yeah. It's hard, I think, for me to see that happening to him because he's getting, he's 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 seeing this trend going on. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to level off too. I think uh, the ball python market will level off, and yeah, I think right now people are in panic mode, but I think that's going to change. Right. Like with every market, there's going to be everybody getting in on it because it's the hot new thing, and then they're going to jump out when the price goes down too much, and then they're going to be the people who actually do it because they love it. No, I agree with you, John. I think that that there are people who jump on, and I'm not making an. This is not everybody. This is you know there are people who jump on a bandwagon so they can run to the bank with it. Right. Okay, and then things go chaotic for a while, and then when a particular morph animal, it doesn't matter if it's a ball python or a uh, leopard gecko, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, once the market reaches a point to where all the people that have been able to uh, afford to get in on a ground opportunity like that are taken care of, and they're producing animals, Okay, and then these these animal or these particular morphs become ex- more ex- excuse me accessible uh, to most other people. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's um, it's marketing one A or business one you know one oh one. It's it, this business as as much as we hate to say that our you know our animals are inventory items. Um, in order to succeed, be successful as a quote unquote business that generates in you know income. Um, you 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 have to shift gears and 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 not think as a um, not think as somebody who does it because they love it or because of the excitement of what you're going to get when you put A plus B together and you know that kind of thing. I think there's a distinctive line in the sand there. I I don't think it's one of those wishy washy things. I think it's it's. And again, I, I'm not putting down either side I, at all. I mean, there are people who do it for business, and then there are people who do it for pleasure. And if you can do it as a business and for pleasure, which is what I have tried to do over the years, and had great successes and and some real miserable failures, um, you know, it, it's it's all fair game. It's just fair game. Okay. Well, I have a couple of questions from the chat room, too. Uh, oh, cool, yeah. Hey John, listen, thanks, John, for calling in. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you, Dave. It's great talking to you. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for Bye. calling in. Right. Real quick, um, somebody on Facebook asked me, uh, Isalma asked me uh, what my new projects for 2014 are. Um, I actually have a few interesting uh, new developments, and I'll definitely be showing them off soon. So keep your eyes on my Facebook pages and my YouTube channel. Um, also, I just have a question. Sean asked me about uh, Australian geckos, like Millie I. I do not have any more Australian geckos. Um, I really like working with them. They're just a little too delicate for me, and I just don't have the time to devote to them. So I gave my Millie eyes to Steve and... Um, He's he's caring for them, so I'm glad he's got them. They're still in the in the family more or less with Steve, so I'm I'm happy. But um, okay, uh, let's see. And there was another another question here. Let's see. Yeah, we got two uh, chats going on right now where people I know. You know asking questions. Yeah. Okay, Sean asks. No, that was Sean. I got to Sean's question. Oh wait, I was waiting for Erica's. Erica, go ahead and ask your question. I'll. Uh, I'll answer it for you. Um, and then we'll probably start wrapping things up. We're about 15 minutes into overtime. Um, if there's anybody else that's on the chat line right now um, and you guys and you want me to you know, bring you on the air, just uh, type your area code in the, in the chat room thing, and I'll know to pick up your call because there's a bunch of people listening, and I don't know which one is listening. You know, just to, oh, Jay's on line 347. All right, hold on, Jay. All right. What's up, Jay? Dave, Marshall, uh, how's everything? How are you? Good, man. I've been waiting for a while. <laughs> you have, right, Jay. Yes, Good for I hanging have. in there, right? I have to. I have to. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to take too much time. My question is, recently I picked up a gorgeous D-Project pattern from Dave, which I know <laughs> still hurts him. It hurts, and when I got when I got him, I had I was I mean I was stuck staring at her staring at her for like a whole hour, and I'm curious on how long you've been working on this and what type of process you went through on this D project. 
No, I mean, if you question. don't mind sharing your, your tips. No, that's quite all right. I'll definitely definitely let you know. Um, this will be my second season working on them. Last season was the first, and uh, I basically made a couple pairings. I I crossed it with um, – I did the D-Project to D-Project, and my my male that produced your gecko is Prometheus. That's his name. Uh, he's in my adult breeder album. Very cool-looking uh, Max No D-Project, and he's obviously head for patternless. And I brought him to uh, some females, and the whole group I, I got from Matt. And uh, I also got a couple uh, females in a second project that came from Paul from the Bright Albino, but they're different. Um but anyway, your gecko is from D project to D project, and the 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 patternless one was the only patternless one I produced last year. That's why I kind of hurt to give them to you. But I'm <laughs> but I'm glad you I'm glad you have her. And uh, so that was the darkest one I produced so far. Some of them come out darker than others. Uh, Daryl has a really interesting one that has kind of like a a teardrop shape on its back, and I I'll post that picture in the group. Um, at first, I'll be honest with you, Jay, I didn't think much of this project at all, and I thought that it was, I thought everybody got ripped, down, ripped off from the top down. But yeah. I do believe, I do believe that there's potential here. And Definitely. I, I, you know, I don't know what's making those blood tangerines blood-looking, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the D-Project genes that are giving it that, you know, that look, that, that dark look to it. Yeah. You know, I don't know, I'm, but I don't know how JMZ did things, but I think there's great potential with this, and we've only just started. But well, you're um, lucky because you got some good ones. Oh, yeah, definitely. I know that. <laughs> oh, are you going to be yeah. working on the project this uh, this year? Yeah, this year I'm going to be basically bringing, um, bringing my groups back together. So uh, one of the other projects I did with, with Prometheus was I paired Prometheus to my pure Halloween mask, the one with a really awesome head design. Um, and I produced that. She produced a number of babies for me. And uh, one of the ones that you also... Yes, sir. And <laughs> now this, this season, I'll be taking those, uh, those offspring and I'll be putting them together and I'll be getting the full effect of the Project Halloween mask. So I'm really looking forward to seeing if I can make a really dark, bold, crazy-looking gecko. And, phew. It'll be awesome. So I hit on patternless versions too. So yeah, I, I, you know. I have the Halloween D project from you, and then now I got the patternless. When once she's old enough, I think I'm going to breed those two, those two together, and see what comes out. Yeah, you got the start of something really cool over there. That's for sure. And I definitely that's like absolutely. to be able to, you know, definitely refer notes and see what you make this year. You know. Definitely, you already know. We're going to talk more about this. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're happy with it, and I'm glad uh, out of everybody. I'm glad you got that get Oh, I'm ecstatic with it. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Wow, that's no Frankie problem. here. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. All right. Take care. Um, before we take another call, Erica has been on chat, and she has some, you know, she has some pretty good questions here. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if she's um, called in or not, but... Um, Let's go ahead and uh, take a, uh, if, if you want, Dave, if, if you want to take a, a question or questions uh, from the, from the uh, chat room. Yeah, go right ahead. That's cool. What okay. Well, I was paying attention to Jay, so I didn't see it. Yeah. Well, Erica has a really, what I think is a really good question, and her question is, is uh, which reptiles, if any, are overpopulated this day? 
uh, in these in this time these days. You know, as in people who breed too many and not find enough homes and hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, it seems like kind of the answer are uh, the as far as a lizard goes. I don't see any people chiming in so much on geckos, but. Uh, iguanas, for example, you know, people do impulse buying, go out and buy a cute little green iguana and realize it gets four feet long and, you know, bites or scratches. So, I mean, do you do you think that there is an oversaturation of any particular uh, reptile and or leopard gecko morph out there right now? Um. Well, I think there's potential because because. Uh, breeders can uh, breed leopard. If we let's just talk about leopard geckos. For, for, okay. I, I, every, a lot of people are aware of green iguanas and pegus and stuff, and how you know a lot of them have been imported, and you know th- that's that could be an issue, I think. But uh, as yeah. far as leopard geckos go, because they breed exponentially in a sense, and you know <laughs> new breeders, and they're very very easy to breed. I believe that. Um, there's the potential there for there to be an oversaturation. I don't think we're at that point yet, but I believe that if more people, you know, out there, and I I try to encourage people to follow their dreams and ideas, but I think if more and more people think that they're going to make a business out of this and there isn't more and more people getting involved, then that are going to be buying these animals and thinking they're going to make a business out of it, you know, because, Everybody wants to breed and sell geckos. So if that doesn't happen and coincide together, you know, we may have too many breeders and not enough buyers. And I I, I kind of have the stance, too, sometimes where I feel there's too many breeders, not enough buyers, and a lot of dreamers. And that's a good thing, in a way, because, you know, dreaming and following your dreams is awesome. I, I believe that not everybody thinks it through, and I believe that uh, some people's dreams are unrealistic as far as where they want to take this. But I think everybody's first year should be very limited. Everybody should, you know, my first year I really didn't have a lot of geckos. I had one nice rack, and I, you know, I basically was in a trial mode and seeing how how far I wanted to take it, and uh, I definitely decided I really enjoy this and decided to go a little bigger, but. That first season is your time to really determine if this is for you on a large scale because you're going to be tested mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. You're going to be mm-hmm. tested by competitors. You're going to be tested by people, you know, online that, you know, just don't like your presentation perhaps. You're going to be tested by um, just in all different areas on, on whether you can do this and still hold down your own job and your own lifestyle. It's not for everybody. So definitely don't pursue it into a bigger scale if you're having trouble handling life where you are at now. Because then, yeah. you know, yeah. nobody wins and the animals will suffer. So, you know. Well, that's just but, it. David, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, uh, too many times people get into things um, on an impulse, right? I mean, we're looking at, like, uh, sulcata torts, uh, iguanas, uh, red tails, uh, red-eared sliders. I mean, there's a lot of mainstream reptile and amphibian uh, exotics out there that people see when they're babies, for example, and say, oh, my gosh, that's so cute, but they don't realize, you know. They just don't realize 
that it gets that big, and then there's a surplus of them. And if you if you talk to almost any reptile, uh, you know, rescue, you know, center or whatever, um, and ask them what they have an abundance of, I think it would it would boil down to a lot of those animals. Um, but before you go into any kind of breeding project, you know, blindly and and I think David can, you know, speak better on this. Is that you know you need to you need to do your homework. And one of the one of the things you you research is what are you going to do with these babies, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. And I I uh, over the last two seasons I actually um, I didn't overextend my extend myself where I can't handle it, but I did notice a lot of little unique traits in a lot of different projects I have so I basically have a lot of these little side projects and mm-hmm. um, I just I just have too many of them so I'm actually talking to a few people that are seriously interested in you know grabbing some of these little things that you know could turn out to be something really interesting but I just don't have the time for to do them all so um, I do have a couple weird projects available if anybody's interested in you know I got to focus on a, a certain amount I can't get too sidetracked and I think you, you know, if you're at that stage too, if you have more than 20 geckos, you're probably already thinking about, all right, well, you know, next season, if I breed all these 20, I'm going to have 200. So, and then what are you going to do? When you have 200 geckos and if you breed all of those, you're going to have 2,000 and it's exponential growth and literally is. So you've got to be prepared for that and you've got to think it through. And if you don't, you're going to have a big problem because, and here's another thing, you've got to really promote yourself out there today. You know, if you don't stand out, if you don't go out of your way to buy the best animals, you're not going to be able to, you, you won't even break even. The only people that uh, do really well in this are people that not only have they invested in the best animals and can prove that they've gotten their animals from the best breeders, so there's no question about the genetics, and you statistically have the purest geckos in existence. But if you can't do all that and make a name for yourself and... um you know, make a great presentation and build a reputation of ethics, uh, then you're going to have problems. So it's just one of those things. It's, it's mm-hmm. or, or, you know, if you're the, the way I tell people is you can make money being a great, a good person, or you can make money being a shady person. The shady guys make a lot of money too. So basically, you know, you sometimes also, more. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes you could, you could do this and rip everybody off and, make a ton of money and you know there's, there's guys that that can definitely pull that off really well um i prefer to do it the other way though and you know the people that i've aligned with definitely do it the right way and you know you got to basically decide how you want to do it and it's, it's basically what kind of person are you and that's what's in your heart nobody can tell you what kind of person you are and right your reputation right. your reputation will your reputation will speak for itself and your geckos will speak for themselves so you know, um, but, you know, even the shady guys can produce awesome geckos, too, so. Well, know, they do. They do, and that's yeah, a, a problem. <laughs> well, it's a, it's, but you know what? But, I, I, but I, think that, I think that people need to really take a look at what it is that, motiv- that is motivating them, uh, you know, to, to do what they're, you know, what they want to do with, uh, let's, I mean, we're talking about leopard geckos, okay, so. Um, it's not something that you just jump into really and expect to succeed. 
it, it, there's a lot uh, uh, to learn not only about keeping a leopard gecko healthy, but once you get into the ovulation, breeding, egging, hatchlings, and then what do you do with the hatchlings? And then it's like, oh, my God, I need more racks, and, and AP can't send them to me for eight weeks. What am I going to do? These are things well, that need to be thought out ahead of time. I believe, it's, I believe it's any breeder's responsibility also to create as much enthusiasm and bring on new people into the community as it is to sell animals. So, for instance... I try to, uh, with my YouTube channel and on Facebook and with this radio show, I try to do my best to bring in new people and to get new people involved. And it doesn't always, it, it hardly ever makes me money. You know, when I make my videos or, you know, these radio shows, I'm basically highlighting other breeders. And that's something that I do, you know, for the community and for others. I, I get very little out of this, everyone, mm-hmm. um, just so you know. So, Basically, what it is is it's a way of me giving back to the community and getting others enthusiastic and on you know interested in leopard geckos because they're fascinating. Yeah, we, we, anybody listening to my voice right now that stayed on to listen to this whole show for two and a half hours, you guys know you love these animals and yeah, absolutely, you know, they're they're incredible. They're incredible. So you know, I think I believe it's your it's your obligation to make sure you get others involved somehow, no matter what you, with your sphere of influence, because that's the only way that we're all going to be able to proliferate this and succeed. Um, because, and, and, you know, try to make us look good on social media. You know, be very careful and, you know, try not to hurt other people and do the right thing. And that's what I try to do. But it's not always easy. You know, you're going to get dragged into things sometimes, but I don't know. It's, we got to do our best to get good people involved in this and uh the more good people we can get involved in this the easier chances we're going to have about fighting these legislations coming down the road because i believe if things don't improve um on the ground level between people it's not going to matter anymore because you know we're going to lose it from the top down and you know that's going to be the end of it all anyway so yeah and i think we're i think it's a big possibility now i think it can go 50 50 at this point you know, well, I don't it think completely. it. I, 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 right now, there's you know, there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of you know, um, what would you call it? Uh, um, well, I, I, I don't want to go there, but, but yeah, this is a. We're at a point here that it's at a, it's at a, a you know, crossroads, and depending on which path you decide to take, could either make or break, and. It's just you, people just need to sit back and observe for a while, I think. And the majority of people are smart enough to come up with their own conclusions. Well, that's that's just it. I mean, well, that's the other thing. You know, the smart people know where the good stuff is, and um, sometimes you can't you can't educate everyone, and you can't. Uh, but you know what? The, the good people and the smart people. Uh, congeal, and mm-hmm. the others, right. the other people can they congeal and form kind of just it's human nature, you know. Like I don't think it's even opposites attract. I think like-minded people definitely align with each other, and that's that's encouraging because um, you know if the right people do align, and I think that's happening in a lot of cases, 
you know, that we're going to be all right, too. So I, I am optimistic at the same time. But well, Yeah, we you know, can't. I, hear, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, David. When but, when we come across people, I mean, and trust me, we don't always get along. I mean, and we, we may have, you know, some pretty heated discussions or have different views. But I think the bottom line is that, you know, we align ourselves with those people who have similar ethics and similar values. Mm -hmm. So I I see a bunch of people doing a lot of good things in the community today. Me too. There are some amazing people out there, and there's some new people coming up up in this that are a force to be reckoned with. I mean, literally, I just sit back and smile as the old 60-year-old grandma, gecko grandma that just – sees, you know, amazing things. And, I, David, I think you're one of them, and there are a lot of them out there. Um, uh-huh. But it's very difficult for people who come, first come on board, I think, to be able, have to wade through all the sewage, you know, before they find the fresh water, so to speak. Well, that's why we made the, the Gecko Nation group, too. It's a safe haven for people that, you know, want to avoid conflict and drama. It'll never go and down hate. in my group. And hate, yes, people envy and haters. You'll never see that in my group ever, guys. That's my my pledge. And anybody that does break that that uh you know that that truce there or whatever will will be out immediately. And uh, you know, I just I want to make sure that everybody can that my group and there's other groups out there that are doing very well now too that can be models for how we should all present ourselves online and. You know, I don't know. I've been known to Well, I mean, an example is this is an, an yeah, an an example is that you know, I keep pythons too and I've just recently been, you know, taken in uh on a jungle carpet python group and mm-hmm. I have had nothing but positive support and really really good information because I mean, I've been doing geckos for, you know, on the downhill slide of 20 years. But I've only been keeping, yeah. you know, pythons for, what, five? It's uh, five and a half years. There's a, so, there's a growing trend, I think, with people yeah. being good online, you know? I mean, these are groups that are genuinely, you know, dedicated to, you know, answering people's questions because – and and us as a breeder, I know David feels this way too. Is that when we when we sell animals or we you know you know to other people, their success is our success. Oh yeah, that's proliferation of all our hard work. It is when you know there's no hard feelings, there's no jealousy, and I think that I think that a little competition is okay as long as it's respectful and and friendly, quote unquote, competition, but. But you know, it, it's it's um, it's the it's the people who genuinely are thrilled when someone else has ex, has um, you know has success, and mm-hmm. I you know I think that that shows that you know what the priorities are for for people uh, for these people who are in this hobby. Again, I'm not passing judgment on those who want to, you know, you, you know, have a wholesale business and things like that. Not at all. Yeah, it's, there's places for that, too. Well, there is. Absolutely. we yeah. got to get good breeders who supply, you know, the big box chain stores, you know, with their animals. 
Yeah. And yeah. so, David, I just want to thank you for um, your candidness and for your energy and for your, um, you know, enthusiasm. Uh, keep keep the keep the keep the show going. It's a lot of fun. Oh, There's some course, amazing people it. out there who. Um, I don't know about them, but, I mean, this is a very important social environment for, for those of us. I mean, you can't go to work every day and expect the kind of support uh, from our coworkers if they think, you know, reptiles are ew, you know? So no, we need each to, other. We're going to do everything we can, yeah. And, Marsha, I want to thank you seriously for taking this task on tonight and, and being being the host of the show and, making me feel comfortable. I'm still, you know, I wasn't as comfortable as I normally am, but, you know, I kind of, I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like, like I don't need, I don't want the, I don't know, the praise, but I appreciate the praise that you gave me. And I don't, you know, feel always like, I don't know. I feel like I, I definitely try to do my best and, you know, I don't want to, I'm more humble. I don't really, really, you know, very well, you and I are both are kind of we're both kind of humble when it comes to that. I think you and I are alike uh, very much when it comes to that. I, you know, I like hanging around and talking and 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 stuff like that. But when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the criticism, whether it's good or bad, I, you know, I'm very sensitive about that. And but you know, the bottom line is that we have programs like this, David, that you have you know provided for all of us your videos, um, and, there are, and there are other fantastic show, you know, radio shows going on as well. There's great Facebook yep. pages. There is, yep. there is so much positivity, um, but it seems like as human nature, we kind of tend to want to understate ourselves or you know, focus on the not-so-great stuff. So I think that in closing for the show tonight, I think one of the things that we should do, and David, this goes for you and me both. I mean, this is everybody. We need to, when we get off the phone, we need to look at our, go and look at ourselves in the mirror. Literally, go look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I love my animals. And I want it to show. Cool. Literally, give an affirmation. Yep, I like that. Um, and just do your. I best don't like looking it. at myself, but you know what? Hey, <laughs> you know it. It's we need those affirmations of you know it, to keep to keep going because we're we're this is just the beginning of. I mean, we're starting to see piebald leopard geckos. We're starting to see things like that, and for for more people, this is really exciting. Oh, it's it so is. exciting for me. You know, it is for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, David, yeah. in closing, I think it's time to kind of shut down, but um, yeah, yeah. thank you for letting me sit in the director's seat for a little while. Uh, I appreciate it. And it's good to know more about you. I think it's important that, you know, that you um, be in a spotlight uh, um, and you, you've, you've just provided, you know, amazing resources for people out there and especially the new people. 
And I'll, I think that I'll do what I can. I know you will. These are the fu- this is the future of herpetology, you guys. Anybody who's left listening out there, you know, oh, few, we might actually. be breeders yeah. and we might take things for granted, but the future of this hobby and and this culture it lies in the people that are coming in. And if they when they see things that are really crappy, that that's going to leave a pretty bad taste in their mouth. If they see things on YouTube or radio programs or on posts and you know on Facebook that 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 instills that 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 fosters uh, the you know the the desire and enthusiasm, that's where the future of this hobby lies is in these people now and they are very 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 important people and david you have been a very good resource uh in social media and giving of yourself uh to foster this kind of this this kind of enthusiasm and so not only thank you for letting me kind of take over your show a little bit even though thank god i didn't have to push any buttons um but thank you also for being a part of this community and allowing all of us to listen in and just enjoy the evening and talking about things that we love i know i thank you so much Marsha. i really appreciate it and uh you know uh, well i appreciate everybody in the chat room um yes we're going to wrap, wrap things up i'm going to play that song for you guys i think uh, you no, should and so on that note good night Okay, and thanks. thank you so much. I love you. I love you too, Dave, and thank you very much too for being a good right. sport and let me let me run the show even though I really didn't tonight. No, you did great. Good night. All right, good night. I love Marcia. It's very kind soul. All right. Um everybody that's still wow, still a bunch of people in there. Thank you so much guys. I appreciate it. Um I you know, about three weeks ago. You know, Marcia and, you know, I decided to put this together. It's basically to answer, you know, the request of a bunch of people that wanted to, you know, see me as a guest. We did this with the last radio show one time, and it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable, I'll be honest with you, because I don't really particularly, you know, I don't know, I get nervous when people show, like, I, I I guess I'm too humble, I don't know, but it just makes me a little uncomfortable, but anyway. I hope we did a good job tonight. I hope you guys uh, heard a little bit more about, you know, myself and, you know, why I'm in this. And my pledge to all of you is to continue doing the best that I can do with my radio show. And, you know, my only my only objective is to uh, better my animals, better my, my uh, collection, better my radio show, and better my life. And basically to do whatever I can to... Uh, you know, give back to the community. And I try to do that with my show and my YouTube channel. So, you know, I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I can, everyone. And uh, your support is just amazing. And I, I really appreciate that. So let's uh, let's go ahead and <clears throat> I'm going to play that song and then we'll just wrap it up. Those were my closing remarks, by the way. So uh, let's hear some Star Wars techno. Gecko Nation, you guys are awesome. Cannot escape your destiny. That's right. You cannot escape your destiny. 
Your <laughs> that was Steve at the end doing his yoga voice, I think. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what are you guys all still doing in the chat room? Why don't you, Sunday night, why don't you guys go to bed or something? Jeez. <laughs> no, that's awesome. If you guys want to uh, continue chatting in the Gecko Nation radio after party, that's hooked up to the... Uh, you know, Gecko Nation group, all you guys have got to do is hit up uh, Marcy from MS2 and she'll let you in that in that uh, private chat. And that just basically goes on 24-7. There's always somebody in there. The person I think I see the most in there is Mike and Wendy and and Marcy. So you guys are awesome. Um, oh, that's right. i got to do the outro. Check this out. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance and U.S. ARC. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. ARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. Yes, everybody, please do that. Um, They're going to be coming to your hometown soon, too. So you heard it on the news today. Um, 
we're all going to have to likely fight this on our, you know, in our hometown at some point if you want to keep your, your animals. So get ready for it. We're going to have to earn it. All right, everybody. Next week, let's see who's next week. Next week is... Wow, we got a bunch of great shows coming up. Okay. Oh, cool. Next week are the boys from Crawling Critters. And that is Lenny from LAC Reptiles. That is Drew the Entertainer. And that is Angel, or Chico as he goes by. You guys remember? might remember I did a, an interview on their show way back. And uh, those guys are great on YouTube. They're snake guys, but we're going to probably talk about ball pythons and what they're up to and, you know, a lot of different fun stuff. We mix it up here. It doesn't have to be all geckos all the time. So uh, definitely tune in next Sunday. Look forward to that. And we also got the, uh, the Herpers of YouTube episode coming up. In fact, let me tell you what, what we got coming up here. Got a lot of great stuff. Let's see. Okay, next week is Crawling Critters. Uh, the following week after that is Ron Tremper. The week after that is Jason Shanman. He's a really cool artist that does amazing work with reptiles, geckos, animals. Um, I think it'd be cool to have a, a perspective like that on the show and what inspires him to do such amazing artwork. Uh, then on 2-9, February 9th, we have Michelle Giaventio from Rampant Reptiles. And then on 2.16, we have John Scarborough. We're going to talk about wild types. Uh, 2.23, we have the roundtable discussion on morph making. And that's going to be a good one. That'll be between uh, Ron Tremper, Matt Baranek, Baranek, and Rebecca Hassler from Dragoon Gecko. Uh, and then, wow, we just got more shows all the way up until June, or actually more into February, uh, July now. But, yeah, a lot of good stuff. So definitely check us out next week. All right, everybody in Gecko Nation, I love all you guys. Everybody that hung out this long, you guys are awesome. Until next week, later. <laughs>